afternoon or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. It's the Nameless Podcast, episode 28, and I have the great Michael House with me. Hey. <laughs> uh, hi. How's it going? Yo. House is a coworker, but more than a coworker, he's a friend. We're real close. <laughs> We're so close. <laughs> I sorry, I'm just great podcast material. I'm making faces at him, so <laughs> which I I will get distracted by it plenty. Uh, House also doesn't help me out with my problem of talking like Alex Jones a lot because it's just so funny to do. <laughs> he's he's gotten me into my really bad Alex Jones at work. Every time I talk to Sam, it's in Alex Jones voice, and <laughs> I can't stop myself now. It's too much. Even normal things like. Hey, how's your day going so far? I mean, this is a brilliant day. Now listen, I can tell you why it's a brilliant day. The government is controlling the weather to make you feel happy. Sending radioactive isotopes with fly-by drones that they have. Then they're using those drones to spy on you and your households and also change the weather to make you feel happy. And then tomorrow you're going to feel like shit when it actually rains. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll admit though, first first time I met you, I saw the Alex Jones background, heard the Alex Jones impressions, and I was just like, "What the hell is this guy coming into this store with all his Alex Jones shit?" It was it's fine after a while. <laughs> you finally got used to it. Got used to it. Were you worried that I'd follow his ideology? I was. I was not sure how I <laughs> felt about how into Alex Jones you were. I was like. Does he really like him, or is it ironically, or... I feel like I need to clarify that statement beforehand. Otherwise, people are going to think, he's all right. He's all right, okay. (laughs) No. Listen, listen. He is not only... It it doesn't matter if he's ironically into Alex Jones. He is giving him a signal, okay? He is giving him a platform, even if it's through jokes, I am the problem. You are the problem. (laughs) That's just, you know what? Alex finally embraced that he's like the living meme. Mm -hmm. And like he he even went on the air and was like, please make more goofy memes of yours truly. (laughs) He embraced it. There there are people that realize when they're memes, they just really go into it. Like Michael from Vsauce. (laughs) (laughs) Or voiceover Pete. Exactly. (laughs) And they they do better for it. It's just what they do. Adapt, improvise, overcome. <laughs> Bear Grylls might have said that, but listen, I lived it, okay? <laughs> Living in Texas. <laughs> he uh he actually on Joe Rogan's podcast he said that there were men in a black van that pulled up to the InfoWars studio. Oh yeah. And threatened him. And he, I think he said they were either they were like CIA or NSA or Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> which are the whole time I'm which, just like which of those three? <laughs> like this is so this is such bullshit. <laughs> uh, he also talked about the clockwork elves. Okay, so <laughs> you know what? Joe needs to get him on DMT. The things that would yeah. come out of his mouth. He probably has. To be totally honest, the way that he talks yeah. about like deities and aliens, <laughs> he probably has done psychedelics. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. He's he well he talked about how like it it opens your eyes to see those things and it's like okay so that's cool and also how did you see them <laughs> he's on them 
all well, the time. No, I, I wouldn't take DMT. Joe is an elitist because he takes all this DMT. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, though. I miss having him on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, it's it's interesting the reaction people had. I think a lot of it's justified. I think a lot of it's justified. But right. at the same time, some people are allowed to talk. Yeah. Allowed to, allowed to have you know their views put out there. But if you're on a platform that they're like, I don't want you here, it's... It's okay, I guess. Well, he's just... This is his red badge of courage now. Yeah. I was censored. Yeah. Buy, buy more supplements. <laughs> buy more of my... Buy more of my supplements. <laughs> Please. This is the only income I have now. <laughs> that literally makes him a quack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. wonder if they could do, like, spirit science crystals. Infowars chakra. <laughs> what would Alex Jones's versions of chakras be? I don't know. Probably like a steak. <laughs> and like oh, this is the steak chakra, okay? De- the Declaration of Independence or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like Naruto. <laughs> Alex Jones jutsu. Alex Jones no jutsu. Alex Jones, Jutsu! <laughs> Summons a gay frog. <laughs> I'm gonna be Hokage, okay? <laughs> Listen here, Naruto. I'm Hokage, okay? <laughs> the Rain Village is trying to sweep in on us and undermine the leaf, okay? They're putting chemicals in the water supply. <laughs> They're turning Gamma Boonta gay. <laughs> I wonder what the crossover in fandom of Alex Jones and Naruto fans are. Like, how many crossover there? Listen, I may or may not have... I didn't make a storyboard, but I jotted down some ideas of an Alex Jones anime. Because he's an anime character. Yeah. He's over the top. Everything is dramatic. I imagined Alex Jones by day is the radio personality, and then by night... He goes and fights the globalists. And I think it's funny because he talks about fighting globalists, but he doesn't do anything to fight the globalists except <laughs> yell on TV. Just yells into a microphone all and day. Brainwash, brainwash stupid people all day. Just and uh, hit my mic like Donald Trump. You terrible. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny to see Alex like take on like a villain version of George Soros, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> behind the scene the Clintons are trying to kill me okay <laughs> and then he has a sidekick that's a gay frog yeah and he feels responsible for it because what's, it, what's the frog's name again Geronimo Frost Geronimo Frost <laughs> there you go he's my gay frog sidekick I personally take responsibility for him oh man he's uh it's okay you can open that near the mic if you want oh. to product placement product placement I'm <laughs> drinking an ice cold coke <laughs> This podcast brought to you by Coke Zero. Zero sugar. Zero sugar. Orange vanilla. Orange vanilla. Yeah. But you know what? All this Alex Jones talk, that is not the reason we're here tonight, folks. Nope. It has been advertised that this is the Game of Thrones recap. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were about to do the Jurassic Park theme. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no! Okay! Fine! Nope. <laughs> Copyrighted. <laughs> no, stop! <laughs> oh, I couldn't think of a better person to have on for the Game of Thrones we recap. talk about Game of Thrones at work. That's what we do. Well, I feel like you're knowledgeable in all aspects. Because you've read the books, correct? 
Uh, mostly. <laughs> Wait a second. I have to redact that. Yeah, you statement. have to redact that. I read the first three books. Um, oh, that's fine because yeah. the fourth book is just. I I got to a point where I was like, I'm not a big fan of George R. R. Martin's writing. I'm not a reader. I don't read well. I have severe ADD. <laughs> that's got to be torture because this book they go off. Oh yeah. I'll read pages oh. and realize I haven't been paying attention. They should release a condensed version. Like, I know you have the Cliff Notes version, but that's, like, for school and stuff like that. Like, we need an actual, like, where it's not just chapter summaries, but mm-hmm. we need enough to where, like, this 15-page summary about this Bannerman house, <laughs> that needs to stop. The the Sansa chapters were especially hard for me. They were Oof. they were pretty bad. Because, because yeah, enough, yeah. So... I was I was rewatching the series. I started rewatching the series in February to get prepared for the final season because I used to do that every single year, and then it got to be ridiculous, like how long it took to do it. So um, I stopped doing that. So I did it one final time, and I got to a scene where Sansa is eating dinner with Cersei, and she's sad. <laughs> And that's essentially like and... a whole twenty-page chapter of Sansa in the books. Yeah, she like the. That's one of the reasons why the show was able to be so successful because you took these characters who were just were just waiting for something to yeah. happen. Like Sansa's was horrible in the books. I remember I get like reading a great chapter with like Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion's chapters were so great. All I'm the like, time. yeah, or a John chapter, yeah. or even a Bran chapter in the mm-hmm. book was good. And then you're like. Sansa, oh shit, oh, uh, you know I think I'm gonna skip. Like, but in the show, what great development! Well, they were able to condense those moments into like nuance. Like, okay, these actors are acting the things out instead of the book describing it for a few chapter, for a few paragraphs, or something like that. Right. And it's like you finally getting through it, and then you get to the next chapter, and you're excited for what's about to happen. But in the show, they can turn that chapter into like a 15 second scene or like a 30 second scene and make it interesting like visually at least like the yeah. setting is there the actors are all there and because yeah. everything because the way they shot those episodes was great the the casting they nailed the casting oh yeah i can't think of a character on the show where i was just like you don't really fit here i know a lot of people had a hard time with uh kit harrington in like the first few seasons i it's it was a a big thing that I would talk about with my coworkers back when I worked at a call center back then. And a lot of people were like, oh, Kit, Kit Harrington is just like a puppy dog. He's just a sad puppy dog the entire time. That's the only look he has on his face. And after the Red Wedding, people were like, oh, so they kill off the good acting son. And now they now we're left with Kit Harrington. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I like him, but... But his story is depressing. It's depressing. He's it's sad. very depressing. And you do also have to have the fact that, like, he's, yeah, he's he's depressing. I mean, that's that's the most you have to say about it because he's always trying to do what's good and always getting fucked. He's always getting screwed. always from episode one until the final episode. Yeah. John gets shit on. He him. tries to do what's right every time. Everybody hates John. And it's like, it's the same reason why Ned Stark got killed. Same thing. Same exact reason. It's a tough lesson that I, but I think it translates well into the real world. A lot yeah. of times you have the, these great intentions and it just seems like you get shit on. Yep. Um, I, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the finale. The finale. Cause that, that's okay. what says everybody, well, finale slash season Last six. Last season. 
Or season uh, six. eight. eight. <laughs> okay, listen. Season the show, six was the show, awesome. The show ends at season six. We don't actually acknowledge the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, season season six was the last, like... I'd say the show was building to season six, and then that last episode where Cersei blows up the Sept, all yeah. that stuff is amazing. And then right at the end of that that episode, right at the end, Varys and Tyrion are with Danny in whatever city they're in, the fucking Essos. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden we get a scene where Theon's beating up some guy who doesn't want to follow him. And he's like, no, we're going to go or some shit like that. I forget. Is that the same episode? But we also have Varys in Dorne. Varys is in Dorne talking to the Sand Snakes. And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna side with with Danny." And then the next shot is them with Danny selling to Westeros. So the final ten minutes of that episode is literally like this whiplash of like, "Oh, he's here!" Bam, 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 across the country, across the water, across the country, across the water. And it's just like, "Okay, fuck!" Like, where is everyone? Where are they? Why is Varys back with Danny now? Like, why? And it's like, my little birds can fly everywhere. And that was like foreshadowing of the next two seasons right yes there. the fast travel yeah. they unlocked fast travel after <laughs> season six <laughs> they unlocked fast travel it's the reason why i don't like skyrim because you have fast travel from the fucking beginning of the game that's that's how red dead was for oh, me man. i didn't know that you could fast travel until like the end i was hating that game because i'm like man i love the scenery here but Riding on my horse I'm just everywhere. Sit here, watch my horse for forty-five <laughs> minutes, and then fall asleep, and then I'm gonna wake up and have like five guys going, "Ha ha! All right, we're gonna get you!" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Grabbing my controller, and then they're killing me, and I'm like, "No!" I can't play this game. I, I play my games late at night because I have a daughter, and she goes to sleep, and then I play my games, and it's like ten at night. And I mean, that's not that late for some people, but I'm 31 years old now. So uh, <laughs> it's getting to that point where 10 o'clock at night, I can't play a game where I'm watching my horse for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's just too tough. That's a no-go. It's, it's yeah, it's, that's, that's a very hard difficulty for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I would, I would have to say, I don't you know what? Talking about late at night, yeah, because it's it's ten thirty right now, and the day's been really long, and my brain just was like <laughs> thought, and now it's mush, and my eyes are rolling around. What were you even talking about? We were talking about getting to season seven. Oh yes, season, yes, so season the recap. six. So the recap of the final season slash final episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. So a couple things. Some of the shots in this episode were absolutely iconic. Oh yeah. Primarily Daenerys, um, Daenerys with the with Drogon behind her, yeah, sprouting his wings. So it was like, oh, oh, so it was cool. it was kind of like an on the nose thing, but it was still a really cool shot. Still yeah. a really cool shot. So I think that's one of the saving graces of the. You know, no, 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 no. I'm going to take that back because I don't think the season was ever in need of saving. Like, yeah. there's definitely, there's problems with it. Don't oh, get yeah, me wrong. For sure. 100% there's problems with it, but I don't think it was ever at a point where it was like, this is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I, so, and I have friends that I've talked to and like, some of them seem to think that like, it was like a dumpster fire and I, I, so I get it. The first two episodes, the first episode was like a typical season opening and it was only an hour long, so it wasn't one of the hour and a half episodes. They didn't waste one of those ones, but it was just a lot of like, okay, here's everyone. See, so episode two, it's 
a bit more of that actually. Yeah. It's like it's just like okay, everyone's talking, but more meaningful conversations. It, that should have been the first episode. Like right. a lot of the conversations they're having are super meaningful. They waste five minutes in the first episode of John flying on a dragon. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he's been flying on a dragon, I guess. So cool. The dragon's but, gonna die anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so they, they lead up to that, and then episode two has some really meaningful conversations, like between the hound and uh and uh uh aria yeah and uh i mean there's and then you have the scene with um with brienne being knighted yeah yeah that was a really cool scene one of the best moments of the entire show yeah exactly hands down like it was a very fulfilling character arc for her and then there's still four episodes left and And you're like like, okay all right and then episode three is just like yeah, episode three is like a battle, and I I fucking loved it. I didn't have the dark issues. I know some people had the dark issues. I checked it on five different devices. I could see. I can see. I don't. I don't have issues with that. Yeah. What? But I do. I do understand the issues with like some of the tact, like tactics of the, sure. of the fight. But it's a spectacle episode. It's just yeah. a spectacle. It's that's all it is. The scale behind it. It's, it's the like, fact that it took them like what two or three months just to yeah, film that like episode. Fifty five nights is, is what it was, I think. And oh my god, that's a lot of time spent on that, and it it landed. It landed for me. I loved that episode. Right. Um. I do get that. Like it. It bothered some people the ending of it with Arya and the Night King, but overall, it had some awesome action. Some awesome tension. I can't think of a better person to kill the Night King than Arya. Oh, yeah. She's a trained assassin. Learned how to, like, take off masks, replace her face, like, infiltrate practically anywhere. Like, yeah, she could circumnavigate all of Winterfell. Like, that is the person to do it. I mean, she's been training for this for multiple seasons now. Oh, yeah. She's been training for this moment, and she's been sneaking around. She's been learning how to be an assassin. Like, how cliche would it have been if Jon would have... Super cliche, and yeah. that's, so that's that's one of the things I loved about this episode because John hops off his dragon and he chases after the Night King. Yeah, the Night King probably knows about this prophecy everyone online is going about, and I mean the show kind of touches on it a bit, but the Night King knows mm-hmm. this guy's got a Valyrian sword. This guy's this guy means business. He can kill my own dudes. He I've seen him do it. Right. He's like he saw him at Hard Home. Yeah. Hardhome was the other place where he like literally gets done slaughtering all the wildlings yeah. and is right there at the dock and he's like, "I see you, boy. I see you." And then he sees him uh, when they're grabbing one of the White Walkers, one of the, one of the whites. Oh yeah, when they killed the, the wall, when yeah. they killed uh, one of the dragons. Yeah, one of the the first dragon dies there, and so the Night King also sees him there and realizes he's not someone to take lightly. And so when he sees John chasing after him and he sees that his armies are kind of depleted, the Night King just kind of goes. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. Raises the dead and goes, yeah, I've got business to attend to. You deal with these guys. Yeah. And walks away. And it's like the Night King going, yeah, you're not going to get your moment, John. You're not going to get gonna the happen. moment you want. You've been wanting this for so long, I'm not going to give it to you. Well, in the past three seasons, everything had been about John. Yeah. John was the hero of the Battle of the Bastards. Mm-hmm. John was the one who led all the expeditions past the wall. Mm-hmm. John united the wildlings. John, mm-hmm. like... John was doing everything. Yeah. Like it was good to have a change of pace. Well, and I think I think that's like really what like John's purpose was. I think a lot of people got really hung up on him being the hero who kills the bad guy, but he's the hero who gathered everyone to be in the right place to kill the bad guy. Yeah. And that's that's the way I see it. John was the best leader. He was like yeah. he was like Ned Stark with a head. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
I think it's cool to see how it finally ended. Like the Starks were on top. Yeah. The Starks run the table. Yeah. And then, so after- nobody gives a shit about Rickon either. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> no, Ramsey, don't kill Rickon. And then, like, oh, he's dead. And then they're like, cool. Yeah, we got Winterfell back. Awesome. Winterfell back. Not awesome. A, not a peep about Rickon afterwards. Yeah. It's so, it's so like, <laughs> who's Rickon? <laughs> Rickon just, just kind of goes on the wayside and it's just like, yeah, he died. Uh, let's burn his body. Cool. He couldn't survive. <laughs> he couldn't survive the storm of arrows. <laughs> He's an idiot, though. He should have been zigzagging. Come yeah. on. I mean, come on. You see him fire his arrow. I mean, so he he could be running full out, and then he could have just sat there and looked, and been like, "All right, shoot me now, Ramsey." And he's like, "Okay, here it comes." Dodge. Step two feet to the side. <laughs> you missed. I'm sorry. Good shot. But then that's when Ramsey would have been like, "Archers, fuck him." <laughs> And then just a volley of arrows just to kill Rickon. And just that's just all it is. And that would have been a pretty funny and also horrifying scene. Just him getting fucked by arrow after arrow, arrow after arrow. <laughs> and John just watching in horror from like a hundred feet away, like, oh geez. But but no, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. So so the real story is nobody cares about Rickon. And uh all right, so so then Stark after, after the Battle of Winterfell, you get to the next episode, which right. is I think everyone had issues with the darkness of episode three, but then episode four is I think where a lot of people caught on that like these episodes are so fucking rushed. Yeah, and I've been saying this since season seven. Season seven, the first episode is the only solid good episode of the season. It's the one where the hound goes to the house where he killed the dad and sees the dad and his daughter's dead body, uh, and he's it's he's fucked up about it. Yeah. That's a really good episode, really solid tone. The rest of the season, it is like this just fast-forward mess of like... Come on, we gotta go! Place to place to place. And so we get that again in episode four of this season. And it's episode four the episode after Battle of Winterfell. And it's just like, okay, so celebrate. Everyone's celebrating. We get a lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot of talk. And it's like, all right, and now we're going to go south. And like, it's like no talking about it really. Like there's like, oh, but we have to worry about this. We have to worry about this. Cool. We're going south. And then we just get like these scenes of like shit going down. And yeah, I, so here's a problem that I had. Because the Battle of Winterfell, they united so many people. Mm-hmm. So John, well, John had already united the North for the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, and then they went around trying to get more people and recruited people and all that stuff. The, so like that had a bunch of different. Like you had Daenerys's massive army, but then when they went to King's Landing, it was just the Unsullied, mm-hmm. the Dothraki. Which is hilarious because one of the writers afterwards are like, "We are witnessing the end of the Dothraki," <laughs> and then it's like, the next episode we see like there's still like five thousand of them or something like, like that. Like where the hell were I, you stashing these dudes? I, I understand. Like, and here's here's my reasoning. Like, I can reason in my own head, but I mean, we see Dothraki running back mm-hmm. from the Wall of Undead. They we see them running back. We see like a like a fifty foot wide camera shot, and we see like you know like fifteen of them running back. So you can assume across the entire battlefield right that we maybe saw a bunch of them run away yeah i mean that's also not very dothraki of them <laughs> they're like they're like all about i want to die battle, in the battlefield. and i want to die in battle and if you 
if you defeat me, cut off my braid and kill me because I might as well not be alive. Right. And so that's one thing where it's like, okay, we saw some of them running back and they're terrified. I mean, I can I can assume that some of them are not, you know, into the battle thing as much as others. Yeah. But so there's some left. We we know there's some left, but like Well, and Daenerys broke a lot of their traditions. Yeah. Because she was supposed to be in that one convent yeah. place and was like, yeah, how she, about and no? She killed all the calls <laughs> and all the their 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 ex wives, whatever you call them. Yeah, um, and yeah, burnt burnt it up. Yeah, crispy. So we get that, and then the next episode, it's like, oh, there's still some Dothraki left, and it's like <laughs> it's it's like a very large portion of them left, and it's like, did you guys? not really pay attention to what you just showed us like the horrible like scene where all of their lights go out like that was like really affecting yeah really powerful shot and then like next two episodes two episodes later at a at a king's landing they they didn't need them there it could have just been unsullied it could have just been unsullied 100 percent. but they decided to throw in you know a good chunk of dothraki in there too yeah it's like well okay could have been like the last 50 stragglers or something like that but well they didn't need that many because the dragon just so okay so so i'm trying to gather thoughts here okay so so one problem that i had is when they got to king's landing it was literally it was just the Lannisters. That was yeah. it. There was nobody else there to defend yeah. that place. Just I, the Lannisters and about a hundred ballista. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it didn't really unite people because there weren't that many Northmen that went down. No. There were very few Northmen that went down. Well, and so because you had you had the Unsullied mm-hmm. and you had the Dothraki, but mm-hmm. we don't really know how many Northmen went down. Well, with the John. Northmen, John told them to go down and follow Danny, and like. So we're we're to assume that the rest of the living Northmen were told to go down. Well, and then we forget about the the scope of all these other houses that had been around mm-hmm. when the final season comes around. And you're like, man, where the hell were these people? Like, yeah. you can't tell me all the Knights of the Vale. Well, that's one of the things I have an issue with is where are the Knights of the Vale? Like, did they just bounce after they just, Winterfell? They just bounced after the Battle of the Bastards. That's what. Oh it yeah, Battle like. of the Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just bounced. They're just like, yeah, we're gone. Okay, bye. I mean, because we saw season seven when they killed Littlefinger, they still had the leaders of the Vale there. Like yeah. they still had that guy with the white hair, whatever his name is. I don't, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but he's still there for that. But then, all the beginning of season eight, we don't see him at all. He's just not there. We don't see him until they go back to King's Landing. Yeah, I wonder if like they fell out of cahoots or something when Littlefinger got mm-hmm. offed. I don't, I don't know. Something I, like that because Littlefinger was like kind of that guy for them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I So that was that was one thing that I found just a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't really unite everybody like we thought it would. Yeah. But that's one that's one problem I had with it. The other problem was is like everything so like killing the second dragon. Mm-hmm. The way that that went down. I thought it was awesome that they killed the dragon. Yeah. Great. Fantastic I, because it really like it was a game changer, but one dragon did so much damage to King's Landing. It would have... So, like, so you're telling me... You're telling me that on choppy waters, at a distance <laughs> that we don't know how far away, they were able to land three perfect shots in a row. The first No three. misses. The first three. The first three on choppy water. Yeah. Because it's waves. Yeah. And it's it's like... So my, my thing is, I spent a lot of time arguing with people on Reddit about this because I do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so... Here's the thing, like, 
everyone was upset about like them catching him off guard. That's a fucking big ass island right there. It's an island that they can hide twenty ships behind. But what what we get is we get a shot of three three bolts hitting this dragon dead on. He's dead. Like no ceremonious thing to it at all. It's he's just he's just dead. And then the rest of them miss completely. And Danny dives and and she realizes she's gonna get hit so she pulls away. And it's like I mean, that scene could have been so much better. It could have been so 100. much better. Um, my opinion, maybe like a bunch of them miss and then they volley a bunch at, at the dragons and like one of them clips the second dragon. Yeah, It, it would falls, have been cool it falls if... in the water and it's swimming towards the land trying to get back to land and then it just gets stabbed right through the throat as as it's about to get to shore and Danny's yeah. like trying you to You could have him. had the whole fleet that was with him just yeah. barrage the sky yeah. like they're not going to miss. So then when they go to King's Landing, mm-hmm. nothing was even remotely close to hitting that dragon yeah. when they are on solid ground. Like the yeah. fact that the water, that's so hard to shoot from. Yeah. Like you should have been able to land something there. Yeah. But I would have been okay with them waiting to kill the dragon until battle king's landing yes that's that would have been very much preferable and then that would have justified daenerys just being like yeah yeah screw king's landing i'm gonna murder you all even if the dragon died and then they surrendered jesus christ um (laughs) and then and then they surrendered like that would have been like there's there's some justification there and the thing is though is like I know what they were going for yeah. in the Battle of King's Landing. They didn't want it to be justifiable. They wanted it to, it to look bad. They wanted it to very much read as bad. Yeah. Um. So they didn't want to have a lot of justification. Because she's let the for, power go to her head. Yeah. Well, power go to her head. Her emotions take control of her. She literally is just fucking going insane. Yeah, because when they show her brewing there, and she's just like, <sighs> and you have all the bells going off, and she's like, it, it feels it yeah, feels how about rushed. Now? It feels rushed, and it would have it would have been better if, like, when they assaulted King's Landing, if those bolts would have actually done something, if those ballistas would have actually been able to land something. Yeah, and then the Golden Company was utterly useless. Oh, useless completely. Especially because in the books, dude, those mercenary companies—they're like, you don't want to tango with these dudes. Yeah, they're good. And I understand. If a dragon comes, they're fucked. Like that's that's (laughs) everybody is. That's that's the thing. Like dragons in this game in this Game of Thrones, uh, dragons in this in this show are uh, they're essentially like the nuke. Yeah, like they they are. Listen, you can't do anything against me if you don't have your defenses up. We will kill all your army, and so they they got taken out pretty quickly, and it's understandable that they did. I would have preferred the Unsullied to go up against them, breach through, and then take out the Ballista, and then Danny go in. Well, especially Danny. because the Unsullied, I don't think we ever saw them at the height of their power, because that was the other thing people were, like, shitting their pants all throughout, mm-hmm. because the dragons were one thing, and then mm-hmm. they're like, wait, she has Unsullied as well? Like, yeah. oh boy, those are, like, the fiercest fighters, like... Mm-hmm. Right. But they did go ape in King's Landing, though. Yeah. yeah. Watching and, Grey Worm just go on oh, that yeah. slaughter was awesome. Well, and that's like, so as soon as that happened, like, the, the ballista in King's Landing are, like, my biggest gripe of the entire episode. Yeah. My biggest gripe is just the ballista being completely useless. Yeah. Um, Once you get past that, and to me, that's, like, a spectacle thing. It's like, oh, she's dodging the bolts. She's dodging them. She breached through. Cool scene. 
but very much not like Game of Thrones. Very much like Game of Thrones has been like a realism type show where it's like yeah. you you aren't gonna win if you just go rush in or like a like a fucking barbarian. Or what if Drogon would have been injured and yeah. then she realized I'm not risking anything else. Time to lay waste these fools and yeah. then pow. Yeah, yeah. I I I just it's like the logistics issue mm. and it's just rushed. Because if they would have had more time to sit back in production and not be mm-hmm. so rushed, somebody could have said, listen, hold up. Yeah. I, th- I think we might need to call an audible here and yeah. maybe film it this way. But yeah. Uh, but I'll still take it for in, what like, it's worth. Back in the pre-production phase, they should have gone over the scenes a few more times, like in storyboarding or writing or whatever they are doing. But it seems like they just wrote it out once and they're like, yeah, okay, go. Um, I'm okay with it, though. I'm, I'm – yeah. Because it was still – such a like and that's that's my thing like i understand the frustration people are having but it's a final season and they had to get to an ending and the ending was never going to be satisfying well and let's also just enjoy the spectacle of what we've been given well that's what they wanted that's what they did the entire last season is all about the cinematography and the spectacle of like these final battles because it's second to none yeah the way they shoot these episodes, it's magnificent. It's great. Like the, the Clegane Bowl. Yeah, Clegane Bowl. People people shit on it, but I fucking loved it. Oh, I love I Oh my gosh. They choreographed it beautifully. Like that that reveal of like their arena was the staircase with the walls crumbling down and dragon flying around in the background, and these two guys don't give a fuck. And the mountain breaks his programming. Yeah. He's like, uh, Quiburn, K bye. <laughs> Yeet! Quiburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got owned. And then Cersei's yeah. awkward little walk away, like, uh. I'm just going to walk away. And they're like, yeah, fine. This is between us. Yeah, this is just us. I loved how reminiscent it was of when he fought, uh, when the mountain fought the Red Viper. Yeah. When he gouged out Oberyn's head. <laughs> Say That's, her name! It's his signature move. The eye gouge. <laughs> That's his brutality move. Yeah. Yeah, but but... The hound was able to spear him through the wall, and then, you know... And they both died in it, the fire. That, but that's how it had to end. Like, yeah. we, none of them are going to live. Yeah. But even leading up to it, you have these tender moments between these characters, mm-hmm. like Jamie and Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And you're just like, oh, you realize the gravity of what happened. Because Jamie yeah. is one of the most conflicted characters in the entire series. Mm-hmm. But it does so much for his character when you're like, man, Tyrion is here because Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like, Jamie kept him alive. Time and time again, mm-hmm. and was always there for him. And then you get to see Arya and the Hound, and Arya's yeah. able. Arya calls him Sandor before she leaves. I'm like, <gasps> <gasps> no one's called him Sandor the entire show, pretty much. Like, it's just been the Hound or the Hound or Hound or, hound. or dog <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know Clegane. Yeah, no, yeah, that that too. But nobody ever called him Sandor. Yeah, and then it was that was just incredible. That was wonderful. Um, and that following scene with Arya running through the city, like people like to shit on that, like oh she has more concussions than, a, than an NFL quarterback, <laughs> like whatever. Like she's she's in the middle of a battle and she's getting knocked over. Have you ever been concussed? You get up, not too quickly. Arya get up. Arya's also been trained. Yeah. Arya, like okay, if, if we're gonna dissect those, how many times she get, did she get hit in the head by that one Karen looking chick in yeah. in Essos? Yeah. When she trained with the faceless dude, yeah. uh, she got the shit kicked out of her. Like Arya is battle tested. Arya is battle tested. 
we forget that she is a trained assassin. Yeah, she's trained. And I mean, so we get that that scene where it's cutting between Clegane Bull and Arya through the city. I felt like that was a lot of it was really expertly edited, really yeah. cool transitions from scene to scene. And then we see John trying to hold his men back and they're just fighting and it's just everything's going to shit. The dread in this episode just builds from that point it's on. It's just constantly and there. It's great. I loved that sequence and by the end of the episode I felt like I had watched like an amazing Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, because Game of Thrones is built upon not being comfortable. Yeah. The most gratifying moments in Game of Thrones have been mm-hmm. very uncomfortable times. Like the Red Wedding. Yeah. Like the things that put the show on the map. Ned Stark getting decapitated. Mm-hmm. Like these are not happy moments. Yeah. And King's Landing getting sacked was not not a happy moment. <laughs> it was a pretty heavy moment. It was uh it was pretty terrifying. And it shows legitimately about battle because a lot of times in those medieval battles it was like that. You find the women, you mm-hmm. rape them, and you're taking whatever you can. And it was just pure chaos. Now I know what kind of person you are, Sam. <laughs> that's what I do in battle. <laughs> that's what that's that's what I would find, do. Find, rape, steal, plunder. <laughs> Well, you got to remember, too, because she has the Unsullied, who have literally no moral compass. Yeah. And then you have the Dothraki, who they, like, do you remember when they captured her? It was season six? Yeah. And they talked about all the stuff they were going to do to her? They were going to do a bunch of stuff to her. Like, they're heated up with, like, the the flames of battle. Yeah. Like, they're going to go get rowdy. That's what they're going to do. Like, it was silly for John to think that they were going to keep them all reined in, like... yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's it's crazy that it's 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 just ridiculous that the that she thought that she could bring him into a city and have like a, a respectable fight, even for even a bit. But with the Unsullied, they have no reason to rape, pillage, or anything like that. They're essentially slaves that were freed and they became slaves of hers. Right. Like that's she she liberated them. But what happens when she liberated liberated them is they had no other place to go, so they right. just followed her, and she became their master. And that's like the sad thing about like all of her liberation is she's essentially just the tyrant the entire show. And that's where I I was like, okay, I can see the reasoning behind her doing this. The re- I can see the reasoning, and I don't have any issue with the story plot. Mm-hmm. I do have the issue with like the rushed nature of this season and last season and uh and just like how it didn't smoothly lead into it but i could see it and i could understand it and i can forgive it for that that's yeah. how i feel yeah i i i was so tired of seeing people throw out petitions and stuff to change yeah. the season like <laughs> change this season please it is so easy for us just as viewers to cri- criticize yeah. every single thing everybody thinks they're a critic now well yeah and, and it seems kind of condescending to be like okay you write something better but it's kind of like Kind of true. Like you, you, you don't know what these guys are. The time frame they're on, they have to write these episodes, and well, and it's I more, don't want to knock uh, DB Weiss and uh, whatever his name is D and D D and D is what they're called. Um, but I do think that they were sick of it. I do think that they were done, and they were like, "Let's just finish this." Well, look at look at everybody who's associated with that show. They it's that's literally who they are. It's been who they are for the last decade. Amelia Clark is Daenerys. When I yeah. saw Star Wars, when I saw um, 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 the Han Solo movie, yeah, I'm like, "Hey, it's Daenerys." Daenerys, not Amelia Clark. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I, Kit Harington, Jon Snow, and then you have you have uh, Tyrion, Brienne, Tyrion, yeah. 
Tyrion, all these people. And and uh, Dinklage has been in some other stuff, and he's been pretty good. But he's been Tyrion for ten years now. And same it's with like, um, same okay. with Arya and Sophie Turner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it'll or, be interesting to see where they go and if they are successful in acting after this, or if they have to go the way of like. Well, I hope they they are. Oh, yeah, I hope they are too. Or, or or if they go the way of like Daniel Radcliffe and have to go pick weird indie films to be in. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. Um. Well, and the business side behind it, HBO is the gold standard mm-hmm. when it comes to to these shows. You know what's crazy though is the fact that like their budget they were working with even towards the end when like the Game of Thrones had already solidified itself as like the mm-hmm. most popular TV show. They still were like hitting their budget already. Oh. They're like no, no, we need more. <laughs> we need more money. We need more money. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like these dudes sit down and then they go out and film. Like there's yeah. so much that goes there's into so these much episodes. work that goes into it. And I don't want to like, I, then that's the, that's the thing that I don't like about the conversation people are having online is because it's like completely disregarding the fact that these guys worked so hard for so long. They gave you six of your favorite seasons of TV and maybe seven and eight weren't as great for you, but yeah. they gave you one of your favorite shows. Well, and yeah. I know that they they adapted it from George R. R. Martin's novels, but it's like, give them some credit. They did a great job for a lot of this. Well, yeah, and let's look at the big picture. Okay, so you're not happy with a couple seasons. Can you name a show that had all good seasons 100% across the board? Uh, I finished The Wire. Well, Wire didn't. I would say Breaking Bad... But I don't like the way they broke up the last season. It was actually six seasons, not five seasons, and AMC can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, look at all these big-scale shows that we've had and how they didn't turn out as well as we thought, like uh, like Walking Dead. Yeah. Dumpster Walking, Fire. Walking Dead really shit the bed fast. <laughs> it was like, first season was amazing. Six episodes of just really solid zombie, like, TV show. Yeah. season Season two was like, Mm, you slowed down a lot. You really slowed down. Yeah. Season three was like, okay, the the bad, the big bad guy, the governor, got away. Cool. And then i i didn't I didn't go back and watch season four. I stopped watching after season three. But I heard the governor comes back halfway through and just gets killed. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, he tries to assault the prison, gets killed. They go find Alexandria, and then Negan shows up. And they dragged out everything with Negan. Oh, like Je- like Jeffrey Dean Morgan was great, but like, dude, the Negan episodes were too much because you have to brace yourself for a fifteen minute monologue. Of, is, is Negan the guy with the bat? Yeah. Okay. And he just talks and talks and talks some more, and you're just like, please stop. I, I want to see zombies die. That's yeah. like, that's what I want to see. I want to see a zombie show. But then the fights just got so cliche after a while. There was nothing mm. new about them. It's like. But yeah, I, I I just think that we're so quick to complain about these shows. But there, I don't think there is a there was there were a couple seasons in The Sopranos that were a little slow. And I heard the I heard the the ending of Sopranos was pretty divisive. The ending to The Sopranos is the biggest middle finger known like <laughs> I, ever. I've, I've heard ever. People, I've heard people that love it. I've heard people that hate it. And it's like I guess that's a. That's a sign of like a an interesting episode, at least. I hate it, and I also love it because it yeah. had to end. All yeah. good things have to come to an end. But I have, but there's no closure. There is zero closure. Zero left. closure. And and I think that's where Game of Thrones 
fails for a lot of people is they give closure in that last episode. They get to the last episode. Yeah. We get the first half hour, 45 minutes or so, really solid, like Game of Thrones cinematography, Game of Thrones tension, Game of Thrones conversations. Yeah. And it really feels part of the show. And then Danny dies. And then it's like another fucking time skip. And then what we get is like a glorified epilogue yeah. for the next half hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's, t- it's it's tying up all the loose ends. It's tying up all the loose ends. And it's that situation where you're watching the show and you're like, okay, they're just wrapping things up. They're just wrapping things up. Here we go. This person's here. This person's here. This person's here. There's not really any question about like what's going on while you're watching it. But there's the question of like, do I feel good about how like Yes. Yeah, this you're like didn't leave me thinking about anything. Am I end. satisfied with what they've post with what they've presented at yeah. the end? Cuz I know clear up until the final scene, I was fuming inside because of John. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> the biggest hero in all of Westeros is is being sent to the wall. Well, and, and that's that, my question the entire time. I turned to my girlfriend and was like, why are they sending him to the wall? There's no White Walkers to worry about. They don't anymore. need a wall. <laughs> There's no reason to have the 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 Night's Watch anymore. Because Trump was up in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen, listen, this Jon Snow guy, he's dangerous. Okay, I need you to send him to the wall. I don't care. No more Targaryens. They're the worst people. They're incestuous. Kind of like Alabama. Okay, and I need no more abortion bills or things like that of that nature. They're annoying. They're terrible. Send him to the wall. No more of that. Done. Done. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I think... One other big thing to keep in mind is a lot of people talked so much crap about how about how once George Double R Martin, once you didn't have source material to go off of, then it just kind of it went to shit. It's like no, it didn't. No, it no, it did you not. You don't say. Like <laughs> what? Honestly, what did they think? Like <clears throat> we would have been ten times more pissed waiting around for George to finish the book. Oh, yeah. Then to, then to go make the... Like, we would have waited five, six years for that to happen. Oh, we would have waited longer than that. Because George... Waited way longer because he put out his last book in 2011, and he hasn't put out a book since. He is such a prick. It's been eight Can I years. just throw that out there? He's an absolute prick. He's been a big dick about a lot of stuff, and I don't think that he's entirely... I think I think he's partially justified in it because he his fans are kind of dicks to him sometimes. Well, especially TV show fans. Yeah, TV show fans have kind of come in in waves and been like, "We're gonna die! You're a fat ass!" And it's like, dude, guys, leave him alone. <laughs> like, yeah. But like at the same time, dude, why? Why didn't why didn't your editor three years ago said that you were done with the book, and then you came out and said, "No, I'm not." Like. I wonder if he reneged. I wonder if he was just like, nah, no. Yeah. I wonder if he wanted to change stuff because I, I of where they were did. going on the show. I think he did want to change some stuff. And he's come out and said that he thinks that the ending of the show is going to end up pretty similar to his ending. But I think the way he wants to lead up to it is going to be different, which I totally respect. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things I liked, though, because anytime you have an adapted work, mm-hmm. It's always one of those things. Well, the books are better. Yeah. Oh well, the books books are better. I've been saying the entire time I disagree with that. I think that the show has been better than the books because I don't like his writing style. I like the shows better. They're a lot more digestible for me. But I do love the world he set up. There's nothing like in the show, at least, 
nothing like what the world he set up is. Like he has yeah. so much history made. He has so much like world development in place. Well, and it's 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 got a realistic tone to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like realistic Lord of the Rings yeah. because everything is maybe Pambi in Lord of the Rings and all fantasied out. Mm-hmm. But then here we've got like very real issues that people go through mm-hmm. in these. Like I I know it's not the best thing to compare the two, but just I like I like the books and I like the shows. I like them equally. I don't mm-hmm. have one that I think is better than the other, which is very hard to say for mm-hmm. a lot of adapted works. Yeah. But I I like I don't know. I, I the the whole, all the pessimism about how everything just went down was just so well, old. And then Twitter Twitter gives way to that cuz Twitter oh, is yeah. just a cesspool of people who are like, "Oh yeah, well my negative opinion is better than your negative Listen, opinion." I want my negative opinion to stand out above the rest, okay? <sighs> I'm more right than you about my negative shit. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, like that's one. Of, that's kind of an inside joke with me and my friends. Is like the whole like, well, you know, the books, the the once they ran out of source material to go off of, uh, it, the show really fell off. We've said that so many times in the last month and a half to each other because it's just such a fucking dumb point to make. Well, it means nothing, and it's like okay, but you all loved season six. Yeah. You all loved season six. Season six is the highest rated season. It has the most ratings on IMDb. Like the most rated episode, Battle of the Bastards, is not in the book. Yeah, it's not. It's not in the books yet, at least. And it's like... Well, yeah, because John was dead by the end of the last yeah, one. Yeah, that's where it ended. And yeah. so a lot of people are like, yeah, but they ran out of source material, so it really fell off. And it's like, man, but you guys don't realize some of the scenes that you love are not even in the books yeah are so the battle of the bastards and then when cersei blows up the sept those are like yeah. the two highest rated one of one of my and this this is a scene that i i love personally it's in the fourth season uh the season where Tyrion's and you know, like he's been in prison and he's on trial all that stuff like a lot of that's you know from the books um but the scene where he's talking with jamie and he's talking about his cousin smashing the beatles it's a really heart to heart conversation with him and Jamie. And it's kind of like really just reminiscent of like how he feels about his dad and yeah. himself and like, why are people always just bashing on him? Why is, why is he the Beatles in this situation? It's such a very meaningful scene for him. And that's not from the books completely made up for the show. Yeah. And they did such a good job with that. They, they, they do a good job and they've written some solid scenes. And that's why I say these last two seasons, it feels like they were sick of it. Like they were like getting tired, not really sick of it. That's kind of, that's, that has a different connotation, but I think they were tired. They really wanted to move on. From it's a this. long time. It's 10 years. And I think I agree with a lot of people that are saying, just hand it off to someone else. But at the same time, they started it. They no. wanted to finish it. Well, I, I think you get problems. Like look at the Harry Potter series, like another one that oh, was yeah. supposed to last. That changed artistic style so many times. It ruined it. It ruined the series oh, yeah. for me. And the thing is, is the first two movies, I hated because yeah. I, I hated the artistic style. It felt so kitty and like bland. The area was just this big, flat, grassy field. And and then like season, not season, episode, movie three, movie three came up and it was like, oh, they're changing it up. They're actually in the mountains. Interesting. Yeah. And then movie four uh shows up and then they switch another director so it's like they went first director for the first two films a new director for the third one a new one for the fourth one and then the fifth movie and on was all the same director yeah and i hate the fifth movie gosh i oh they're terrible Uh, my favorite book was the fourth book yeah and they butchered it (laughs) 
that maze took up multiple chapters. Oh yeah, and in the sh- and well, then in the movie it took like the maze was mainly just one chapter. It seemed like it took multiple because like Harry had one where like he's just talking with the Sphinx, well, for, like that, an that entire was, chapter. That was in the chapter, I I just got done reading this book out loud to my kids, so I know better like, than you. I know. <laughs> Actually, I just finished it today, so we we read the last two chap two chapters today. But, well, that's good to fact check then. But it's I think it's just one chapter for the maze, but then they. I think there's a lead up to the maze, and then like oh, that's right, yeah. And then there's a chapter in the maze, but it's a big, it's a long chapter. Well, and it's like the longest one in the book. All of the things that they prepared for in the maze, it's just don't get the, caught. The, the movie is like spooky, moving bushes and wind, and it's like, uh, like I like, would have loved to see him talk with a sphinx that's Harry, voiced by like, gets his leg broken by like a giant spider in the maze. Yeah, and then like, they have the big slug that yeah. spits fire and yeah. You know, and then he, I'm going to say it again, the Sphinx. I would have loved to see him yeah. have a little argument with the Sphinx or, yeah. or try to bust the riddle voiced by, I don't know, some witty British person. Like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Is that even his name, Tom Hiddleston? Hiddleston. The yeah. guy the guy yeah. who did Loki. Loki. Yeah. But, um, okay, let's talk about the finale. Okay. Let's talk about GOT finale. All right. Let's start off. I want to end with the good because, like I said before, I think yeah. everything's been so pessimistic. So let's talk about the people we had problems with with their ending. Mm-hmm. The biggest one, Brand the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, most unsatisfying story arc? Because yeah. Brand, if you notice, Brand never used his powers unless it was like to help himself. Yeah. Because he he made Hodor mentally retarded. (laughs) He went back in time, ruined Hodor's complete life just to protect him from the White Walkers. Well, the thing also there that I'll point out is he didn't know what he was doing. That's true. He was kind of testing it out. He was watching history, and then while he was watching history, he was told to warg into Hodor. And so what happened was, is like he warged into him at the wrong point in time and fucked him up that way and he died while he was warging with him in the future while also in the past so he brought Hodor's death to his past yeah and he realized at that point this is before Bran was really the three-eyed raven and that's where I think like he realized I can fuck shit up really badly if I do well yeah because he also went back in time and yeah you know yelled out father to young Ned and he's like "Uh, what yeah, and he's like, oh, I can. they can actually hear me. I can actually affect things. I should be careful about this. It makes you wonder, and I wish the show touched on this, like, what was he doing behind the scenes? Yeah. Give the show another four episodes this season, and maybe we would have gotten some scenes where he's just fucking shit up. Because I'm okay with Bran being king. Bran totally makes sense being king. Yeah. <clears throat> but everything leading up to it was very poor. It was like, especially a... they're like, guys, we got to find something. They're like, they're like, all right, how, how, how do we have Tyrion present this to the panel? And he's like, who has the best story? Yeah. That brand, that, that like monologue from Tyrion was just so ham fisted. It was like, it was just, it was just shoved in there. And then like, it's just so disingenuous the way they built up to it. And like, it feels like, Okay, why is everyone going to say yes to this? And the fact that nobody said no. Yeah. Like John Aaron didn't or uh Robert Robin Aaron didn't know about the three-eyed raven power. Well, and then and then Yara says I said I was going to be part of uh Danny's kingdom. I didn't say anything else. And someone just essentially goes, "Eh." And then she's like, "Okay." And that's pretty much all that happened. Well, no, like, it was <laughs> it was it was poorly written too because Arya who's normally very like clever 
yeah. witty, she's all this like, stuff. She's like, she's talk like, about my brother again. You say that again, I'm going to kill you. Like, it's just, it's what? just dumb. <laughs> um, and I mean, so like that that whole scene. Yeah, so Bran did that. Okay, so Bran made Hodor retarded. <laughs> and, then, and then he get like, by the time Bran makes it back to Winterfell, mm-hmm. He does absolutely nothing except he's like, I know John's a Targaryen. And he does absolutely nothing to help out. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. Like, he couldn't have warged and seen when the White Walkers were coming. Like, the only time he warged was in the middle of the battle to get the crows. Yes, and he got a bunch of good camera angles. (laughs) That's all it was. He's just sitting there. He's like, all right, I'm going to set up some cameras so I can get a good watch on this. (laughs) I would have loved it if they would have shown him doing something that put Arya there. They should have just filmed the whole episode from his crow's angles, (laughs) like a found footage film. (laughs) Like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just cutting from camera feed to camera feed, like uh, like paranormal activity or some shit like that. Okay, Raven 1. Raven 1. Okay, cut to Raven (laughs) 3. Throw a couple of rats in there too, so you can get some like nice like low angle shots. And he could have followed Arya around through Winterfell. He, he, he wargs into the weirwood tree, so you can see through that. Even though he's <laughs> sitting right there, you can watch him warging and everything in the background. And then he wargs into Theon. <laughs> he wargs into Theon, gets him killed, and no, then when he, he wargs out of he Theon, he wargs into Theon and then tells himself that he's a good person. <laughs> You're a good man, Bran. (laughs) Thank you, Bran. (laughs) This kind of supports my theory that everyone is Bran. He's everyone at all times. Yeah. Oh. At the very end of the show, Bran takes off his VR headset and goes, "Fuck! (laughs) I fucked it up. (laughs) We'll do it again." Oh my gosh. But yeah, he didn't do anything meaningful. And I was waiting until the final episode for him to be like, I've been doing this all along. I've been moving pieces mm. as I see fit for well, a better and, world. And like they, they threw in like this kind of throwaway line, like, why else would I be here? And it's like, uh, so you knew this was coming? <laughs> why didn't you like lead us up to this at all? Like You just give us a throwaway line? Like, and then... As if it explains anything? And then he totally supports the stupid ass brokering of John to the wall. <laughs> and then and then I saw this meme where it shows the unsullied leaving and they and then they're like okay John you're good you can stay like there was nothing behind that promise to keep the, the promise was that John would be exiled to the wall so the unsullied felt good about that because he killed their queen and then the unsullied leave and it's like why did you have to send John to the wall at all? Couldn't you have just been like, psych, and then said, said John, you can come back now. They left. And and that's what took away from him, because John looked like he was happy by the time he got to the end, because I'm just assuming he was like, screw you guys. He pulled an Eric Cartman. <laughs> screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> and then he goes out to be with the wildlings, because yeah. that's when he was his I, happiest. I felt like that was good. I just like, wish he could have gone there on his own terms. Yeah, on his own terms. Instead of like... I like what I think is like I'd like to think that Bran 
came up with that because he knew that's what would happen and that's what would make John the happiest is going and living with the wildlings. But we didn't get that. We didn't get a scene where he like thought that, where he was like watching John's life and going, he was never happy unless he was with the wildlings. Those were his people. Yeah. We didn't get that. If we had more time, if we had more episodes to show Bran's reasoning behind what he was doing instead of just like this deadpan fucking emotionless <laughs> like husk of a person sitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> like it's it's just creeping on people. <laughs> Bran is a cuck. Bran is a literal cuck. Who knows how many times he went back in history and watched people have sex. Yeah. He did it. I guarantee you. He knew that. Uh, he probably went back and watched uh, Jamie and Cersei before they pushed him out the window multiple times. Yeah. Not not for not for actual academic <laughs> ac- ac- academic reasons. He was just like, I want to watch that again. You're like, oh, oh yes, oh the things we do for love. <laughs> he probably watched John and and Daenerys get it on because he totally knew that they was like, yeah. oh John John is Aegon Targaryen. I know. <laughs> And he's having sex with his aunt the, the, right now. The current trends on Pornhub reflect Brand's also current feelings on <laughs> watching people. He's really into incest, okay? <laughs> Brand's like, I'm looking for step-aunt porn. <laughs> do, you, do you have any ant, hot ant films? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. Freaking Brand. Brand sucks. Okay, so... Another character arc that we're not entirely satisfied with. Kind of, kind of not I'm, entirely. John. I think John is like, it's, and we already talked about it. Yeah. It's, I, I just wish he could have got the heroes, like he could have gone on his own terms. Here's, here's what I would have liked to see in the episode. So I like the episode all the way up. I love Drogon burning the Iron Throne. There's no Iron Throne anymore. That's kind yeah. of a cool ending. Uh, knowing that the dragon understood what that meant to Danny and destroying it because she didn't get to have it yeah. is cool. But then he leaves and John's left there with a bloodstain on the ground and we didn't get the scene following that. John had to go tell Grey Worm. He had to go and confess. Yeah. But what? Like, we just get a time jump to a month later and it's yeah. like, why? Why didn't we get that scene? Couldn't it have been like this contentious scene where Grey Worm wanted to kill John? Yeah. And maybe John was going to accept it. And then somebody some, steps in. Some like Arya steps in or something like that and Grey Worm kills Arya or some shit like that. I don't know. There could have been some spectacle in this episode. There could have been like some actual fucking spectacle and we didn't get it. Yeah. Um or maybe that tension maybe... felt like it never came to a, a complete boil like yeah, like it just kind of ended we get a time time skip and it's like or or we could have had the moment where where Grey Worm really wanted to kill him but uh he surrenders and so like we'll throw you in prison i guess like he's pissed off because he, he wants Fine. to have a fight. we want justice and well if you wanted justice you would have killed him yeah, exactly. Like they would have killed him. And John was outnumbered. John had no allies there at that point except Arya. Yeah. And he told Arya to wait outside the city. Yeah. So like John was all alone at yeah. that point. And he could have hidden and you know, flew off with Drogon. Because they already knew he could fly with dragons. Yeah. 
Or it's just like I, I, really, I don't know. It was I weird. really I really felt like we we missed something there. It's it's a lot of people's also their their issue when John revealed to his uh, sisters that he was actually a Targaryen. They skipped over that too. We didn't yeah, get no, that scene. That that was like the biggest revelation of information, and it did not matter. And we didn't get it. We didn't. and nobody even mentioned that too. No one said, "Well, technically, John has the biggest claim to the throne because I know they wanted a new era. They wanted new things." But that's still the line of succession. He still yeah. has the he's, the he's best still, claim to the throne. He's still the king, so and he's still the best leader out it, of anybody it, there. It would have been much cooler if they brought that up and been like. Do we have proof of this? And then Sam would be like, "I had, a, I have a book, I have a yeah. book that, that says that this happened, and this is John right here." Well, nobody's we going to unite behind Bran because he is. Well, uh, what, what is what does the three eyed raven mean to anyone else on that? He's a wet room? sock. The only <laughs> like, way he can prove it is he's just going to like tell them what they ate for lunch or something, or well, and, spill their dirty laundry in front of everybody. Like, and you're expecting me the, to to believe that this new king of Dorne, this new prince of Dorne. Is going to be sitting up there for the first time going like, oh, yeah, he's a three-eyed raven. Oh, yeah, totally. I get what that means. No one knows what that means. Yeah, Robin Aaron didn't know. Yeah, no one knows what the three-eyed raven is. So why is that even important to this final episode? Like, And and then on top of that, Sansa turning around and going, he also can't have kids. <laughs> his dick doesn't work. Oh, his dick don't work. <laughs> 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 but but and I, mean, I did yeah. like how they also stiffed Edmure, too. <laughs> <laughs> when Edmure, Edmure's like, Uncle, sit down. <sighs> that was so good. Like, uh, that's the only problem I have with John, though. I, I think overall, he, it, as much as I hate it, it still rings true with how John was treated from day one. He was the bastard. Some people liked him. A lot of people mm-hmm. didn't like him. But he always had something about him that people gravitated towards yeah. him. When he was on the wall, a lot of people were like, oh, Lord Snow, and yeah. all that. And it was just shit on by everyone. But he was the best thing that they could have had to mm-hmm. help fight the White Walkers. Yeah. He saved all those wildlings and made them allies. Mm-hmm. You know, And we got Tormund yeah. out of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tormund's one of my favorite characters. We got Giant's Bane. Giant's Bane. But yeah, no, I think what I would have been more satisfied with if I were to like say anything like John being told that he is technically the king and like what is his decision at this point? Like what does he want? And he goes, I don't want it. You guys take it. And he's like, that's right there before the council, right there before the council. I don't want it. Yeah, because they always mention he guys, was the best leader. Everybody gravitated towards John. Who, you guys figure out who gets it after me. I'm done. And he's like, I'll I'll take whatever punishment you give me. And they're like, okay, you're exiled then or some shit like that. And he's like, I'll go live with my wild, wildlings. Or yeah, like, like everybody that. still treated him like an awful person, yeah. yet he killed the lady who burned all of King's Landing. Yeah. Like, committed mass genocide and, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But even then, it, I'm I'm glad he we still got the happy ending though. He got to pet ghost, got to pet the dog, and I, I actually turned to to Kate, my girlfriend, and was like, "If he doesn't pet that dog <laughs> in this scene, people are gonna riot." <laughs> because that was like the biggest thing in episode. He didn't four. pet ghost. <laughs> he didn't pet the ghost. It was such <laughs> a shitty ending. I like I I had a feeling that ghost was going to come back in some way shape or form because like torment it was one thing but ghost just sitting there like yeah uh, <laughs> yeah just being like i'm not gonna pet you goodbye no i pet you very good boy ghost <laughs> good boy yeah okay so 
another story arc. Okay, so then I'll take it to like medium where I'm like, nah, uh, I'm not disappointed. I think they had a really cool arc. I just don't think it, the ending. I think the ending was too soon with Arya. Yeah, it, Arya. Arya did her thing. Like once she killed the Night King, mm-hmm. then it was just like, okay, that's then, it. Then she was then we're like, done. I don't want to be in Winterfell anymore for like almost no reason. She's yeah. just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like so, I'm gonna leave. And I'm gonna go kill Cersei. And like when she didn't have that, now she's like, I'm just gonna leave. And it's like I get that that's been her character. She has like this wanderlust. She's just been going around and like seeing new places but there's really nothing that leads her to go want to sail west well she was she was put through all these horrible situations that made her the killer yes that made her like the scary girl and she didn't do anything like even like okay i, I really felt like we were going to get some I, I really felt like we were going to get some like faceless action that's, in this that's, last season we didn't we didn't get any of that this no. season not a single instance whatsoever like could you imagine if she would have pulled that shit with cersei or if she would have popped up like jamie and then boom. or if uh in the very end there uh she reveals that she actually killed gray worm <gasps> and was the reason that john didn't die in the end and she rips off the mask and says like she says, all right, heading to Noth, and then just fucks off into the shadows, pulls off her mask, and then she leaves. Oh, that would have been good. Kind of would have made sense that John's still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, but I, I mean, that's also like a. a I I feel I, I just made that up on the spot, but I feel like <laughs> that's. But I like it. <laughs> it's it's like it could have been cool. But like at the same time, I don't need a lot of like fan servicey shit like that. Right. And that's where like I think like in this middle medium ground, that's really how I feel about this episode in general. Like people like Arya, like Sansa going, Oh, we're an independent nation or uh the fact that the Unsullied are all heading to Noth, like all of them are heading to Noth. Yeah, none of them like, are gonna stay. They even offered them they even offered them uh what was it, Dragonstone yeah, or yeah. Yeah, Tyrion was like, you can have Dragonstone. Yeah. You'd be the lord of a bunch of eunuchs. T- telling them that they can go start their own family line like a fucking dick. Like, <laughs> you know they can't have babies, right? What are they going to do? Go like... They're going to adopt the orphans. Surrogate? They're going to adopt the orphans <laughs> of King's Landing. There you go. Uh, or or they're gonna they're gonna have just the people the, the Dothraki I don't know just the leftover Dothraki who are just walking around the docks in the city at the end there there's nothing said about what they're gonna do those guys that are all against the stone houses are they gonna live in the stone houses now yeah like but mm. but like what I what I feel like is like all these kind of like mediocre things like these things I feel kind of lukewarm about it I feel like yeah. eh, it's it's an ending it could have been so much worse though yeah. For sure, it could have been way worse. It could have been so, and, and that's that's one of the things that I don't get. I, mean, I was looking it up earlier today with some friends, and uh, this episode is lower rated than the final episode of Dexter by point one. It's lower rated oh, than the finale oh no. of Dexter. Oh and no! That's where oh, I'm like, no. you guys are having such a mass reaction to this. It's such a knee jerk reaction, Dexter, because that that ending was awful. <laughs> that was so it's, bad. It's not that bad. It's it's. It leaves you with nothing to really talk about. It leaves you with nothing to really feel. It's just kind of like this ending that happens. But yeah, Dexter gets lost in a hurricane and becomes a lumberjack. Yeah, so, like, so that that like leaves you go like you're pissed off about it. Where the Game of Thrones ending, you're like, 
It's an ending. I was okay. Yeah, I liked the Game of Thrones ending. That, that I like the fact that they rated that lower than the Dexter yeah. ending. It's just well, it's just a bunch of little little pampered kids. Yeah, and it's it's like I get it. I get it that there's a more passionate fan base behind Game of Thrones than Dexter was because right. the fans of Dexter since season four of Dexter had been whittled down to like a husk of their former selves and were so depressed with the series by the time that ending came that they were like, there was so few people left. That season cared. four was the John Lithgow one, yeah, right? The Trinity killer. Yeah. He was, yeah. John Lithgow was that's, unreal. That's the last season of Dexter I watched because yeah. I heard that it went downhill from there. From it did. Friends. I was like, okay, I don't need to watch it. They brought like Colin Hanks on in the fifth season. Oh yeah. I had, I had and then they had like... Julia Stiles. No, Julia Stiles was before. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Lumen was her name. <laughs> Lumen. Lumen. All right. I think the best story arc out of all the Starks was Sansa. Mm-hmm. Sansa was utterly worthless when everything started. Yeah. Like completely worthless. Like at least Arya had some training with Sirio. Yeah. You know, and, you know, like, yeah. Ned was conditioning her to, like, do her thing, but Sansa was just, like... Sansa learned how to play the game from Cersei, essentially. She yeah. was in King's Landing, and her story arc was that she sat there and watched Cersei play the game, and so she learned how to do it herself. I'm not entirely, like, satisfied with, like, the fact that, like... Uh, the North became like this, its own thing. Like it's fine. It's it's weird. It's, it's weird to think about like how that's going to hold up because yeah, like the future of the, of Westeros is kind of now split in half because of that. And now that she did that, I can bet you anything in the theoretical future of game of Thrones that the iron islands are going to separate too. give it a hundred years. So they're all going to split up with their own kingdoms and they're all going to go and fight each other. Be another war and it's going to just keep going. But I mean, I, I like where it's at right now. But yeah, no, Sansa in general though she is, she's a solid character where she learned to deal with this cruel, horrible world, horrible in her own way. Yeah, because she got stuck, like so she was there when Ned got killed. Mm-hmm. She wasn't as lucky as Arya to escape away. Yep. She was, you know, harassed by Joffrey. Yep. And Cersei. And the Kingsguard. Like, yeah. she got beat on by the Kingsguard. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, she had that happen. Then she got stuck with uh, with Tyrion. Yeah, she got forced to marry Tyrion. And Tyrion was nice to her, but she was like... It's the humiliation. She was like a 14-year-old girl. And she's like, I don't want to marry this well, guy. Well, she's 14, and it was also like the sideshow, because it's like, <laughs> Ned Stark's daughter married the imp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, treated it didn't, like shit this whole time. It didn't help that Tyrion was also horribly misfigured from... Mm-hmm the battle of blackwater yeah exactly and like so you have that going on then then she gets hooked up with ramsey oh yeah well first oh, off, no 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 first it was off, little finger she gets she gets joffrey's death pinned yes. on her yes um she's she's used as a pawn in that whole thing by little finger little finger takes her to the eerie and her aunt's like yeah, fuck you you're gonna take little finger from me and and Littlefinger kills her aunt, and she has to like just lie about it to survive. She needs to lie to survive. That's right. I time. forgot. She had that really tense, awkward yeah. thing with her and Lysa. Yeah. And then that's when Littlefinger threw Lysa out the, the moon the, door. Out the moon door, yeah. Made her fly. I mean, <laughs> Make mommy fly! <laughs> but then, then he just drops her off with Ramsay. <laughs> Okay. He's just like, Have fun. he's like, don't worry, we're going somewhere cool. <laughs> and then just drops her off, and then is like, fuck 
peace off and then leaves and then she gets fucking raped and she gets beat and all that crap by ramsey who's one of the worst dudes in the book yeah. or in the show in the show for sure and then and then she's like okay and i then, own this now and then like theon helps her escape and then she turns around she's like i can start controlling things now yeah. i'm away from the people that are out to kill me I can start playing the game now. And then she she starts doing it. And, and I loved it because she yeah. stood up to Daenerys like a chick who flew in on mm-hmm. a dragon and she's like, Well, yeah, but we're the North. And and I mean I have friends that are like always like bashing on her and I get it. She acts like a total dickwad to uh to to Daenerys for like almost no reason. But that's like I can explain that away by saying these last two seasons are just fucking shit at setting things up. Like, it was just so rushed. It was like, okay, why does she hate her so quickly? She hates her so quickly because the story requires it. Yeah. That's what it is. And there's no real build up to it. It's the same thing. She as... doesn't know how to bend her knees. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 like this thing. Like, I like where her character arc goes. I don't know if I agree that she's my favorite at the end of it all. I feel, I feel out of all of... the Starks, who would you say is your favorite arc? Uh my favorite arc, I, I'd still probably say it was John, even though I feel lukewarm about where and how it reached its yeah. point. I do like where he got at the end, where yeah. it was like he finally gets to just not be the leader of anything because he never wanted to lead. He never wanted to be the the nice, the leader of the Night's Watch. He never wanted to be the king. He never wanted to be anything. He wants to go live as a free person north of the wall with his people. And that is kind of where I like where he went. Well, and he really I, liked his time with Mance Raider because Mance yeah. is like, we are free people. Yeah, we're free people. And John's free. And every every time John came into contact with someone who's a leader, it was a bad experience. Every time he became a leader, he tried to do the right thing and got fucked. And yeah. it's like this thing where he finally can now be a free person and just live north of the wall. I'm going to live a ghost. He's a good boy. He's a good dog. Have adventures. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like I, at the end of this episode, I didn't have any negative feelings, but I didn't have any overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive feelings either. I felt kind of neutral about it, and that's really. I can't say that about the rest of the show because I, for the most of the rest of the show, I felt pretty positive about it. It felt pretty good, even though I like to bash on season seven and season eight. I. I think season seven is my least favorite season just because I feel like it sets up season eight to have a bad time. Yeah. And... The, the rushed, that was probably one of the worst things I could have done. I know they, they very well could have just been smoked out on doing it, but man, I just wish they would have stuck with 10 episode seasons, 10 episode seasons, let things piece. unravel as they should at their own pace. Maybe a couple episodes being an hour and a half, but like just give it 10 episodes and just, just flesh things out properly. They could have ended season seven with the battle of Winterfell. Yeah. They could have skipped two. They could have given an an extra year between six and seven to get that filmed. Cause my guess is what the reason why they went two years this time is because they wanted to film all this shit. It's like they could have skipped a year to film season seven's finale, which would be battle of Winterfell. And then after battle of Winterfell, we could have had a whole season to lead up to Danny's madness, to lead up to John going North of the wall to Bran, doing whatever shit he was doing because we got nothing. And it's like, we. I feel like we're missing episodes. We're missing content that we could have gotten. Oh, okay, so now that so now that it's over, eight seasons, it's in the books, arguably the most successful TV show of all time. Oh, for sure. Arguably. Uh, no, 
It, yeah, I, it is. I'm, it I'm is. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. And I mean, after this last season, it's going to be tainted for forever. People are going to have this this kind of bad taste in their mouth. But I'm I still stand by it. They gave you six seasons of some of your favorite TV show ever for all those fans out there. Like, they oh gave yeah, you six solid seasons, seven and eight, less so. But yeah. All right. So, what are you going to miss the most? Um, I honestly feel like so. It's been I've been watching since day one. I I was working at Directv. I got an early copy of episode one. I watched it three weeks before it premiered. Oh wow! I've been watching the show since then. I've been watching every week, the night of premiere every week, and I've been waiting every season, discussing what's going to happen, what I think is going to happen. Been proven wrong multiple times <laughs> because this show kicks you in the ass a few times, and I- I'm going to miss talking about what I think is going to happen. Like I love the the community around it. Like I think a lot of people that are going to binge the show aren't going to be part of that. And it's not the fact that like waiting is like this cruel like cruel thing that we had to do. I love weekly television shows that let me talk with my friends between each episode, going, "What do you think is going to happen next?" Yeah, it's it, that's Game the of Thrones issue. had so many great characters. Yeah. That let you speculate every well, week. You just let it sit there and brew. Like and one, one of one of the cruel things that like I'm I'm not gonna miss, but also I'm I'm like fond of is like when I'm like oh I can't wait to see what Arya does next, and then the next episode is no Arya episode. <laughs> I'm like fuck you guys. I want to see more of that shit. And uh, but it's like uh, but I mean that's one thing that I don't get with services like Netflix. Where they drop a show and it's all one night, everyone binges it in one day, and then the conversation is done. There's no conversation. It doesn't last. You you can't have as uh, as much of a culturally impactful show by releasing a ten hour movie. Yeah, you have to release a one hour episode every week for two or three months because well, the suspense is gone. Yeah, and that's what I love about Game of Thrones and weekly shows in general. And there's not a lot of shows out there right now that that are doing that. I, I don't have anything to look forward to at the moment. I'm interested in Hands Made Tell season three. I've been watching that one. That's a pretty good one. But Hands Made Tell is not as big or as approachable. It's got some pretty fucking dark topics that people are not comfortable with talking about too much. Yeah. But um, Game of Thrones, I mean... HBO has some more fantasy stuff coming up pretty soon here. They've got the new watch. His Dark series. Materials. His looks... Dark Materials. Oh, I'm stoked for that. I'm, I'm excited to see if any of this does well because I'm I I trust HBO to find some good stuff once in a while. Like I liked first season of Westworld. I liked second season not as much, but I liked second season. Um I'm I'm not off of HBO. I'm not going to cancel it because Game of Thrones is done because it was never all about Game of Thrones. I did like it how at the very beginning of the episode, they're like, look at every show we have ever made. Please think twice before you hit the cancel button. Please. We do not want to have to be canceled. HBO needs to stick around. <laughs> uh, man, it's it, it's like they've got some good stuff going on right now, though. I mean, uh, they've got a lot of good stuff in the pipeline. Barry just ended as well last night yeah um, that's the one with bill Hader, bill right? Hader, and this season one of the episodes everyone's gonna fucking hate me for saying this but i did not like episode three i thought it was one of the worst barry episodes that has been it was super weird and surreal and kind of 
experimental. I haven't tuned into but it. But the rest of the season really picks back up, and the season finale is just like this fucking dread hammer on you. You're like, the whole episode, you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh, what's going to fucking happen here? I love Curb. Curb Your Enthusiasm oh, yeah. is one of my other favorite things on there, because I love The Sopranos. I love The Wire. Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think, might be my favorite show. My favorite comedy, like it's always sunny, is mm. is up there too. But it's always sunny is really up there for me. I, I love it's always sunny. Yeah, I it's always sunny. But then, man, Curb is just. I never got tired of watching crotchety old Jewish Larry David <laughs> navigate <laughs> navigate Los Angeles <laughs> and all of these just weird, cringy experiences. You know. <laughs> Oh, and then always being able every episode, it never got old mm-hmm. hearing the boom, boom, <laughs> you know, never got old. But mm. I think what I am going to miss most about Game of Thrones is the balance, mm-hmm. because you watch some action shows like AMC's Into the Badlands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every episode is over the top, crazy action. <laughs> But the shittiest plot you could think of. I've honestly never seen it, but I've heard that it's a good action show. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And the scenery is awful. The sets are terrible. (laughs) The actors are horrible. It's awful. But you have cool fighting. But then you get shows that are all plot, like House of Cards. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I think it'd be awesome if... Somebody like I just would love to see a cool battle right now, yeah. and you don't like the most violence you see is Frank, you know, shove what's her name, shove Joey, shove Zoe Bonds into a into a train. Mm-hmm. You know, you had stuff like that where it was so plot driven, it was hard mm-hmm. to focus. Game of Thrones brought all that together because you had incredible battles. Oh yeah, but the political intrigue behind it, it and the and the great. fight. For the throne. And it had enough mysticism in it and enough magic to where it was like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. captivating, but it wasn't over the top. Mm-hmm. You know? It really kept you on the like well, yeah. wanting more. It, it wasn't lost where you're sitting there going, like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> the whole time. Because Lost was all about the the mystery box that JJ Abrams likes to talk about. Yeah. But like Game of Thrones, it was about like what who's gonna play their cards best now. Yeah. It wasn't about like what's it about or like what's gonna happen. It was like, oh, I fucking hope Cersei doesn't succeed here, or I I really hope that the the Hound is like is like gonna fucking mess up someone. Well, or... you get like the power plays, like the Red yeah. Wedding, and then yeah. you have the battle, like the ba- the battles, like Battle of the Bastards, mm-hmm. and I'll say at the Battle of Winterfell. Well, you know, huge. One one of the other great things too is like the subversion of like what characters you like. Cause I mean, yeah. subversion is a, is a, is a trigger word for a lot of people now, but uh, I'm going to use it in a positive light right now because I believe that some things can subvert your expectations and be good. Fucking last Jedi dickwads. <laughs> um, it's, they subverted my expectations on Jamie Lannister. They made me like a guy that I hated for a whole season. I thought he was the worst season two. I was like warming up to him season three. I was like, Holy shit. I like this guy. And Jamie then, was such a roller coaster. And then like Theon was like this just fucking wiener the entire time. I'm just like, dude, he's just he just like I hate Theon. And yeah. Theon gets like what he deserves. And then he keeps getting what he deserves and gets getting it and getting it. And you're like, he doesn't deserve this. Like, why? And then all of a sudden you're like, Theon, get out of there. 
and Theon gets out of there and then he dies heroically. I think his death was great. Yeah. But like Theon was like a character that like I I never thought I would like. And I would never thought I would respect. Oh, me either. I hated him from the beginning. I'm like, man, and this dude's a chotch. Even even more than Jamie. But like at the end there, I was like, Theon, you you fucking did it. You fucking pulled your your head out of your ass, and you finally did something selfless for once. Yeah. So you, you get these great character arcs that just get to develop over time, and there's so many characters, yeah. so many that you get to like. But then you also have all the political happenings. You have all these things, and then one great thing that um um somebody mentioned a long time ago we like we used to have a group of people we didn't larp but we'd meet up and like beat each other up with foam weapons basically <laughs> it was like taking the role playing out but basically like beat so each it other was, up with weapons. wasn't larping it was just it was live action <laughs> it was just live action it was pillow fighting with foam swords instead they actually kind of hurt they actually like yeah, we had a lot of times people would get like hit in the head or in the nuts, and we'd just be like, "Okay, all right, let's." Yeah, yeah, those are fun days. But one of the guys who got it all together, he was like, "You know what? One of the best things about Game of Thrones is the action. It makes sense. Like the swordsmen, they're not doing crazy stunts. Oh, yeah. Like they're doing very practical movements. It's not over the top. They're not. <laughs> we compared it to like Legolas and the Hobbit." <laughs> When he's riding down a river on barrels, uh, yeah. making perfect shots, you're like, well, and like the dwarves are like rolling around in the barrels and putting his arms out the sides of the barrels and doing like this whirlwind attack. <laughs> I mean, e- even in Lord of the Rings, Legolas rides down a shield down the staircase while <laughs> shooting nine arrows in the span of two seconds. It's like, and I then get, took I, down the elephant. I and... get it. Elves are good. I get it. They're like they're extremely like they're the master race. I get it, Tolkien. <laughs> but like fucking hell, like. <laughs> Elf privilege. Elf privilege. Here. Talk about class division. Sheesh. Anyway, the combat scenes were not over the top. It was just good. It made sense. Like they're wearing armor. They're going to move slow, mm-hmm. and they they have fatigue. Yeah. Like they're not going to be able to like go Obi Wan Kenobi on these dudes and twirl their lightsaber around mm-hmm. for fifty minutes. Yeah. Like that. That's not it. They're they're very much limited by many things. I really liked. The reason why Battle of the Bastards is probably a lot of it is like the best battle scene of the entire show is like that moment when you realize he's being crushed to death by oh, the yeah. people around him. Oh, yeah. He's going to suffocate and die because his men are too scared of getting hit by those spears. That's going to be the end of him. That's a fucking shitty way to go, but it's like that happened. Like that The way they shit. shot that too because they, they had it going – from like under underneath the bodies and then him clawing his way to the top and yeah. just being and like even when he got to the top his feet weren't touching the ground yeah. like he was literally on top of other dudes shoulders just like I've <gasps> this is this is gonna kind of I've had experiences like that not in actual battle scenarios but in a in a, in a fucking mosh pit yeah where the entire crowd there's like the crowd fell over and I fell on the ground, and everyone stood up, pushing off of me, and I couldn't oh. get up. And I was like, 
trying to shove my head between people to get up. Finally, I just pushed my hand through a crack between someone's back and some girl's boob or whatever <laughs> and just smacked someone in the face and was yelling, get me the fuck out of here. So I grabbed my hand and pulled me up. and like, But I couldn't stand up for the life of me. I had no, I didn't have the strength to get up. That kind of scenario, watching that in like a battle scenario was really fucking cool. It yeah. was a really cool thing. Things you don't think about. Like, yeah. You're like, am I going to die from a sword or yeah. an arrow or an axe? It's like, no, you're going to get, you're going to die because you're, you're, you're get, suffocated. You're gonna get trampled to death by your own men. Yeah, like stuff like that wasn't like like the first season where Tyrion's gonna go into that battle and just gets knocked out by the hammer of one of the hill tribesmen. <laughs> it's just like oh fucking Tyrion. Well, and it was cool. Like one of the one of my favorite one on one duels was when Bronn fought um, the one guy in the Eyrie. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, he looks awfully light. He has no armor, and he just literally tired the dude out. Like. Yep. Tired the dude out and kept hiding behind pillars and walls and like just running around. He's like, "All right, yeah, you fight me. without honor." He's like, "He fought with honor. He's he's, he's there." <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was like the combat on that was just so it was beautifully choreographed. Yeah. Never I've maybe when Sir Arthur Dane fought, I was just like, Ugh. I mean, Sir Arthur Dane was the most renowned swordsman and. Like they would always talk about, he you know he was no Sir Arthur Dane, but he could handle a sword. Like mm-hmm. people knew that dude was not one to be trifled with. Yeah, but I just unparalleled action. So I just Game of Thrones did such a good job, and it's not like they did okay at every single one of them. It just brings like a good overall experience. But the fact that those were like. Like like we mentioned, the combat was great. The storyline's great. The political intrigue is great. Like, I'm going to miss seeing something of that caliber all yeah, across the board. For sure. The acting was great, too. They yeah. casted so, they casted so really well. Really good casting. Um, the acting is top-notch at times. And I mean, like... Uh, dude, Daenerys? Shout out to Daenerys. Like, yeah. Even if you don't like the way she, she was written in the end there, she played the shit out of her role. Oh, she was season. chilling to watch, just like... Oh, yeah. Okay, especially when she like wants John to like have sex with her after the battle, and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, "Okay, fear it is." <laughs> like, all right. Like, oh, that's one nasty girl. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah. All right. To cap it off, let's. I might be putting you on the spot, but all right. Can you think of your top five favorite moments in Game of Thrones? Top five favorite moments. All right. Top five. Top five. Top Here we five. Go. Here we Starting go. with five. number five. Number five. Um, This is actually pretty tough. Um, I can tell you my favorite moment. Let's go sure. that. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. tell you my favorite moment. That is. They don't have to be in order either. Yeah. My favorite moments stand out. Tyrion in trial telling the people he wished that he let them die. Oh, that's that such a good powerful powerful acting scene right there. Just a great monologue by Tyrion and it ends with him saying he wants a combat by trial and it's one of those moments where like one of the good guys gives a big middle finger to like the guy you hate and it's just such a satisfying moment. And then follow that up the next episode when the mountain crushes Oberyn's head. That's probably like high up there for me too yeah because that's the biggest dread you can feel like you're like oh no Tyrion is screwed especially because you are on this emotional high because you throughout the season everybody loved Oberyn they're like oh he's cool he's sassy 
he's bisexual. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, Ober in school. And then, and then he, like, he that battle was really cool with him in the mountain. And you're yeah. like, cool, he's got him, he's got him, he's got him. And then... Uh, and then he, then he fucking gets cocky about it. He's just like... He's like, I want... No, 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 you can't die yet. Say her you name! Know, you need to confess! And it's just like this moment where you're like, dude, no, Oberon, just finish it, man. Just finish it. And then when uh, the mountain straight up's like, Elia Martel! And then... <laughs> and then the, the, the shot afterwards showing his head just completely crushed. Dude, there's fucking like brain matter on the ground <laughs> and everything. And you're just like, oh my god. But a man that big could definitely do that. Like... yeah. yeah. Hapthor Bjornsson is unreal. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a ridiculous beast. <laughs> I want to find his genetics. <laughs> but yeah, no, that so those two like scenes are like probably my favorite moment. That's season four is so my that's favorite three season. Of them. That's three of them because then we have no no that's two of them. That's yeah. two. Tyrion's trial and then Oberyn. Oberyn and um, the mountain. That so those those two like. That season is my favorite season because of that stuff. Was the Red Wedding in that season too? Red Wedding is season three, and that's another moment that I'll never forget, like how I felt, because that's one of the only times that during the credits they didn't have any music. I was watching the season, I was watching the episode, and I was like, "Cool, like the wedding's happening," and then just like the the song, uh, the, the, the Reigns of Castamere. Reigns of Castamere. Yeah. That starts playing. And I'm like, hold on. And Catelyn notices it. And like, there's this slow moment of realization for Catelyn in the room. And you're with her the entire time. And you're like, what's about to go down. She sees that, uh, that, uh, Ramsey, not Ramsey, uh, Bolton, Bolton's Ramsey's Ramsey's dad, but Bolton is wearing armor underneath his, his clothes. Oh yeah. He's wearing chain mill. And she's like, what's happening. And then just shit goes down. And then she gets her throat cut, cut to black. And it's just silent credits. I watched the entire credits in shock. Just like that oh. was that was a moment, and I know that's the moment that made the the guys D and D want to do the show. They read about the Red Wedding, they read the books, and got to the Red Wedding, and were like, "We have to make this into a show." Oh yeah, that yeah. is the driving force of the series, and it's one of the best moments of the show. And even reading it, it's like a reading, fever dream. It's like a fever dream. You're reading it, and you don't yes. think it's actually happening. I had to reread it because I was like, "Wait, wait, what?" Because you don't like it catches you off guard. Yeah. While you're reading, like they talk about how the musicians are like, they're like, wow, these are some terrible musicians. <laughs> they're like, they can't keep a beat at all. And then you realize that they're not musicians. They're just there to, they're, they're there to kill you. Yeah. Like the way they shot it to the dread behind, especially when Rob's wife mm-hmm. gets stabbed in the belly. Yeah. With the baby. That, that sound, because cause I've watched, after that, I watched a lot of those YouTube reactions of, like, people, like, seeing the scene for the first time. You always hear the the stab, stab, uh, uh, like, sound, like, in those YouTube videos. And so I, I, that sound is just in my head. I can hear it every time I think about oh. the scene. And it's just, like, it's such a horrifying scene. It's horrible. Like, mm. and I love it. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's three of that's them? That's three. Um, I need two more. Man, all the shit that I like is sad. All the shit I like is sad. I like when John dies. 
Yeah. John dies because fuck Ollie, all that shit. Like, oh, um, because uh, he he's just he's just, he's done something right, and he thinks he's doing something right. He saved the wildlings, and the men of the night's watch are just like for the watch, and they just stab him, and it's like they end the season on that. And it's one of those massive, massive cliffhangers where, like, you feel horrible. And that's why I like Game of Thrones. I like feeling horrible. I like feeling horrible <laughs> with my shows. I like when they make me feel sad. So, <laughs> Yes, sad boy time. Sad boy time. Uh, but no, that's another one. So that's four. And then five. Five. Mm. It's a tough one. And this is going to probably be, like, divisive, but I do love when Arya killed the Night King. Yeah. There's nothing like yeah. that where I've had that roller coaster, that big whiplash of emotion where, like, you see him about to kill Bran, and you're like, oh, no. And then you see Arya from the background, and you're like, yes! And he grabs her, and you're like, no! <laughs> and then she does the knife flip, and you're like, fuck yeah! Especially because she trained it. She showed it with Brienne. Yeah. And... Like we've talked about before, one of the greatest things about Game of Thrones is that they killed off main characters. Yeah. So you're like, what's keeping them from killing Bran? Like, yeah. What's keeping them from killing Bran or even Arya in that moment? Yeah. I really felt like Arya was dead. I really felt like it. And it's like this moment where I was like, okay, like, this is how they're going to end the episode. Arya's going to die. Just him choking her to death. Even like for that split second where like that's happening, my mind's reeling and going like, she's dead. I'm reserved to that thought now. And then it changes again. And it's like, say what you want about Arya killing the Night King. Say what you want. But that that spectacle right there, so good. Oh, yeah. So good. How how did you react to it? Like, like did you yell, I, stand up? I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> like, honestly, I over-remote when I'm talking about how I feel because I'm sitting there like a fucking deadpan loser in my couch, <laughs> like Bran, just like... <laughs> I'm sitting there, no emotions on my face, and I'm just like. <laughs> and that, I mean, so and, and then and then meanwhile, Kate, I watched I watched Game of Thrones with Kate. She's like bawling her eyes out, or something's happening. Like Theon getting told he's a good man and running and dying. She's bawling her eyes out, and I'm looking at her like rolling my eyes, going, "Really, yeah. you're gonna cry about this?" No, I'm not rolling, rolling my eyes, but like I'm sitting here like. Yep, it's sad. It's sad, Kate. I know. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't really emote and it's but afterwards like I like thinking about like the experience that the show gave me. And that's I mean, that's why I say like that's a moment where like say what you want about the writing of the last season, they got some shit right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the shortfalls just for the big picture overall. Yeah. Because even, yeah, potential, we can sit here for days and just talk about, oh, yeah. oh, if they only would have done this, if they only would have done this. But we're missing the point in that we were delivered one of the overall best experiences ever. Yeah. Like, wh- how lucky are we to, like, witness such a spectacle? Yeah. Lucky. We're lucky. Lucky. We live in the perfect time. Yes. <laughs> all right. My top five moments. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to have to say... I'm going to have to say the Oberyn, Oberyn Martell, the mountain fight mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. Uh, the Battle of the Blackwater. I liked it yeah. a lot. Really I loved one. reading about it in the books. I loved that first time you see Dragonfire oh. is great. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, it's going down. That shit is not to be messed with. I liked a lot of the first season. Yeah. 
I liked the fight between Ned and Jamie. Yeah. Because there was so much tension between Stark and Lannister and the fact that like he just strolled up. Yeah. He pulled up on Ned and was like, All right, time to throw you in jail. All right, I have permission now. I can fuck you up. Well, no, he didn't even throw him in jail. He fought him. One of his spearmen... Yeah, stabbed him in the back of the leg. That's <laughs> and then those... Ned hobbled around court with a cane. Like, Yeah, that's one, that's one of those moments where you're like, geez, like, that would really happen. Like, some guy thinks he's helping Jamie here, and Jamie's like, why? Why would you do that? You ruined my fight. <laughs> like, oh, come on. So, I really like that moment. Um... Battle of the Bastards, I think, was one of those where For I'm sure. just sitting there in awe. Um, and not that I, there's still plenty that I'm missing out on, but watching it with friends was awesome. So yeah. I watched Arya stab the Night King with my friend Caleb. Mm-hmm. And when we watched it, we were like up on our feet like, <laughs> whoa, no, no. Like we were on that roller coaster that you talked about. Like, yeah. yes, yes. When you see her jump out and then Ar- Night King grabs her by the throat and you're like, no, no, no. And then she stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was awesome. And then last night we watched when we watched when John stabbed Daenerys. Yeah. We all went nuts. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, especially because the way they shot it to is beautiful. Like yeah. you, you didn't see it. You just heard it. Yeah. And I didn't know. At first I thought it was Arya. I thought Arya killed her at first because I didn't recognize the pommel of that sword. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at him like. Wait a second, is that, is needle? that needle? Like, oh, oh, but you know, you come back and you're like, wait a second, it was John. Yeah. I, we were standing up and screaming so loud. Mm-hmm. My friend's dog also is, <laughs> he was freaked out because everybody's standing up just like, no. And then the dog starts barking, <laughs> wolf, what's going on? <gasps> I'm left I'm out. stressed out. Yeah. How many was that that I gave? I think four? It was five. Five. Four. Yeah, we'll say five. Yeah. But, uh, it's, Crazy to think that it's going to end. Yeah, well, it's going to end. It has ended. Oh, it, well, it ended, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want it to end. What do you... I mean, I'm not the one asking questions here, but what do you think... No, you can't ask uh, questions. Uh, what do you think... Um, what do you want to see from one of these spinoff series? I know that they've talked about it in the past, and they've said that they wanted to do something from like the history of the show, but the way people are talking about it right now, it sounds like it's going to be more of like a legit spinoff. From what we had. I want more Lord of Light and White Walker shenanigans. Mm. I felt like that was just cut short on a whim. Yeah. And that was kind of like the magical, ethereal, kind of like the godly aspect of the show. Mm. Yeah. And it just kind of fizzled out and died, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I'd like to see more of that. Um. I think more Targaryen stuff would be cool. Mm-hmm. They already said they're not going to do Robert's Rebellion. I really think that'd be cool. It'd be super cool. I'd love that. to see Robert's Rebellion happen. That'd be super cool. Like an actual Robert Baratheon in fighting shape. Mm-hmm. Because they were scared of him. Oh, yeah. Big time. I want to see some more legit Warhammer combat in this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were deprived of that. Gendry was the only one who carried a hammer. Yeah. yeah. How fitting. Because of his Baratheon status. Oh man, how fitting! Yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen some of like the fan art that people do about like the Game of Thrones stuff and whatnot? I've seen some stuff. One guy was talking about the spinoff ideas, and it showed one of them where it showed Baratheon, and with his like 
it's crazy the way they they drew it because it shows him he's actually in shape he's not a fat drunk bastard mm-hmm. he's just he's got that hammer cocked back all the way his his um his what are the his helmet yeah and with, the, antlers like the antlers on it, it it looks very intimidating which you wouldn't think would look scary but the way they like the um the darkness on it too just looked really neat huh. and then at the other end you show a targaryen and it just shows him like Bleh, you know kind of wigged out <laughs> still intimidating in its own right but like it brings into perspective how difficult it was because the Targaryens had been on the throne for a long time, a really long time. Like the fact that they been... were able to break that, that's, that's such a cool thing to see. Like that in a sense, you could argue that that helped pave the way to get them where they were before, because one rebellion brought another rebellion, yeah. you know, within a span of 10, 10, 20 years, something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there wasn't a lot of stability after that because yeah. once Robert won the throne, then it was they'd spent like they'd spent something something like thirteen, fifteen years like trying to keep peace, and yeah. and then like Robert never really wanted the throne and was like kind of a shitty king and yeah. Then his uh his kids were you know Joffrey, really... Toman, and then Cersei, and damn. Yeah, and and then after Cersei, we had technically Daenerys for like a day. A day, less than a day. I don't know. Depends on how much time actually passed there. Yeah, and and then Bran, raising yep. Bran, Bran, Bran the Broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I, I. Do you have any any thoughts I wanna, on? I want to see. I want to see a uh, uh, spinoff about the current small council. In like a Seinfeld esque thirty minute comedy, day by day dealings of the small council, but with Larry David as a maester. <laughs> Every time Bran rolls into the room, he hits the door with his wheelchair, <laughs> and the whole audience just starts, yeah, like Kramer in the Seinfeld show, like, and uh, and like there's always like a laugh track. Oh, Bran, you always want more whores. <laughs> just a bunch of and Davos dumb... keeps making poor jokes. <laughs> Well, not to. No. Well, I lost my fingers for something. Just bullshit. <laughs> but no, I'm, it, it, that's that's like, I don't know what I want. I would love to see something from the history. I would love to see something from thousands of years before, like, like Valyria. Yeah, like there's a Valeria. lot of mystery about Valyria. Valyria would be cool. Um, the first men and the children of the forest would be cool. Yeah. Um, like the beginnings of the White Walkers would be cool. I don't know. I I honestly feel like I want other things now because I think Game of Thrones is like let it rest for a bit, and I think they're going to for at least a few years. They're going to let it rest, but it's HBO, and they're they're going to be hurting for content, so they're probably going to be like, okay, we got to figure out what we got to do. They're like green light. Yeah, green light this HBO show. They'll probably bring somebody else in. They won't have D and D do it. Oh yeah, no, they're going to be off making Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> Which uh... honestly. I mean, at this point in time, I am so, like, Star Wars is Star Wars. It's crazy because the buildup that we got from the end of Clone Wars, which was, like, what, 2008, 2007? Was that what it was? Not not Clone Wars, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge, Revenge of the, the Sith, Sith was around... That was... I was still in high school. That was, like, 2005, 2006-ish, or somewhere around there. Okay, so around that time. Yeah. 
so then we fast forward 10 years and we have the new trilogy. New trilogy shows up and we have everyone was on board after that first new trilogy movie because it was like just a rehash of a new hope. I'm just I'm I'm just saying something here. <clears throat> May the 4th was a huge day until the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a significant drop in like people posting Star Wars stuff and being all Star Wars happy. Yeah. Because the last Jedi really got people It was it was super, super divisive. They've been trying it to really... put the blame on Solo and that's not the Solo case. Solo wasn't to blame. Solo was not a good movie. Solo was pretty eh. It was meh. It was a very and meh movie. I would I still technically think Solo is worse than The Last Jedi, but The Last Jedi, what it did is it it's not a bad movie, it's a bad sequel. Yeah. It's a bad middle sequel in a trilogy because it just killed every bit of momentum well, the first movie. They set had up. to compensate so much with the dramatic force stuff. And then you're just left with these awful plots like it's the same thing the plot stuff they had they threw in was just oh yeah like are you sure you want to spend the whole movie running away from them in space <laughs> like it's like it's like a, a slow chase scene the entire movie that's all it is is a slow chase scene yeah it's kind of like in um fast and furious 6 when they're on that runway for 20 minutes and they're like and the plane is like still prepping for like going at takeoff speeds for 20 minutes you're like <laughs> I, I haven't seen that movie but now i really want to <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> the comments are always like man that runway scene though <laughs> the last the last time i tried to watch a fast and furious movie was uh should i keep hitting the table that's nah, okay the last time i last time i saw a fast and furious movie was uh I tried to watch tokyo drift and i turned it off halfway through do 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 you have to go in with the lowest of expectations. I didn't know what to expect because I only saw the first Fast and Furious movie. And that was like, the first Fast and Furious came out of nowhere. It, everyone, literally, I hadn't heard of it at all. Everyone loved it. It was everywhere. I Talk about a word of mouth movie. I heard that, They didn't advertise for it at all. I heard whatsoever. that there was a topless scene in it when I was in junior high. So I was like, dude, we got to rent this when I was hanging out with a friend. <laughs> I and, need boobs. <laughs> and there wasn't one. So I was pissed. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's like we watched it and it was actually a pretty cool movie. And then Too Fast, Too Furious came out and Ugh. I didn't didn't see it. Because um, they animated all the car sequences. <laughs> and then like I, I then Tokyo Drift came out. And then I was in Germany and I saw Fast and Furious. And yes. I was, I was like, Fast and Furious. Is this like a weird, like, what are they doing? Yeah. And then I come home and then there's like Fast Five, Fast oh, Six. Fast, fast Five is when they're like, let's do something really ridiculous. <laughs> is that the one that ends with them like dragging a safe through the city? <laughs> they, drag, they drag a safe through Rio with two Dodge Chargers. <laughs> They're dragging a safe going 60 miles an hour. I saw that scene because I worked at a I worked at a call center for DirecTV and they'd always have HBO or something playing movies on the TVs on the floor. Yeah. And so I'd always like every once in a while I'd just look up and watch a movie on the on the TV. I swear I saw that scene like <laughs> 700 times. 
because it's just like multiple times a day that movie would be showing. And I was there five days a week for four years of my life. And when that was on HBO, it then went to Cinemax. And then it went back to HBO because that's what HBO and Cinemax do. They just swap movies back yeah, and forth with yeah. each other. And uh, and so I would see that movie. And I I couldn't watch the talking scenes because it's just like I'm on, I'm on phone calls with customers. But I'd look up and see them dragging a safe. <laughs> And I'm sitting here like this is the dumbest action scene I've. They are so ridiculous. <laughs> so you have them dragging the safe, and then in the then so that was five. Then the sixth one, you have the runway, the never-ending runway. Like it literally, the plane is taking off for twenty minutes. Like, how long is that runway? They probably covered all of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, where's the longest runway in the world? <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 did their research. They went to different airports in the world and timed taking <laughs> off. And they're like, okay, this is the airport. So it's actually all 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. They went they found an airport where the pilots do take 20 minutes to actually get off the ground. <laughs> that was so crazy. And then Fast 7, what do they do? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Fast 7, they're in Havana, Cuba. They're racing a classic car. The car catches on fire and like it's literally like the frame is all that's left. And Dom throws it in reverse and wins a race. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> like there was just a bunch of other like crazy crap happening in that one. That one didn't have as much because they wanted to focus more on Paul Walker because mm-hmm. that's when he died. And then Fast 8 was just like how... Like the ridiculous level was probably at like a twelve at that point. Mm-hmm. You like have a submarine and and you're just, just doing crazy stuff the whole time. Well, and... now you have this new spinoff movie with The Rock and uh, Jason Statham. Well, oh, I'm gonna see here. it. I'm gonna see it, but I know what to expect. Like it, it looks like a really dumb action movie. <laughs> like that's what it looks like to me. And I'm like, that's that's what people want from these movies. It's really all they want. It's a simple vehicle for good action scenes. Yeah. Like, that's what it, what it is. I mean, I went and saw John Wick on uh, Saturday. The I went, new one? Yeah, the new one. John oh, Wick yeah, that Ray. was kind of a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw the first one I at theaters? The, I went and saw the first one. <laughs> I just went and saw it somewhere. No, uh, no, I went and saw John Wick 3. And like, okay, so I love the John Wick movies. Yeah. The first one is like came out of nowhere left field like just awesome solid like cool movie with keanu reeves shooting guns again yeah and he's fucking amazing at shooting guns like this guy has trained with these and he's doing it accurately in scenes yeah it looks great it's Um, tactical it's the the tactical appeal behind it is incredible have you so have you seen the john wick movies i've seen one and two one and two three i won't say anything about it other than the fact it's once again a simple vehicle for good action scenes. And like, they throw in some interesting, like matrix references too at some points in time. Like, yes, it's, it's, it's like they Lawrence they, Fishburne is in it yeah, too. And... They, they know that that's like the audience they're reaching to now. And so they're kind of doing that. And I don't know if, I don't know if this is too much of a spoiler, but there's going to be a fourth one. So it's not uh, ending at this one. So I'm okay with that. Um, But it's like, there's going to be a fourth one. At least that's how I feel. And, at the end of the movie, I kind of felt like not really much progressed. It was just 
some fucking amazing action scenes. And that's what you want to see these movies for. Yeah, which is what we're there for. Sometimes that's just what you want. You want spectacle. You don't need a bunch of, like, intricate, like writing and shit but they the interesting with john wick is they've set up this world that is just so over the top ridiculous like yeah the first movie the jews are the ones in charge of the charge of the money it's like is this racist is this uh <laughs> is this problematic here i don't know um and then you have like the yakuza and you got the russians and you got like all these gangs and it's just like you know they're calling them baba yaga and baba all yaga and it's just like an interesting movie um but no i liked john wick three um solid movie yeah i i need to see it maybe i'll go see it tomorrow i don't have to be in to work until later so maybe i'll just yeah. go watch that before that's not a bad idea actually i'm probably gonna buy my ticket once we're done recording cool yeah yeah that's that's what we have to look for i i hope this final star wars movie is uh I hope JJ sends it off well. Yeah, I mean, I You think Luke's going to come back? As a ghost? Yeah. It's just the ghosts can have an impact on the physical realm now. We know that now because he can just Yoda, cast lightning bolts. Because yeah, Yoda cast thunder. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sit in the background. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Mm. Lightning bolt I will cast. Mm. Well, and then Palpatine's going to show up. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with that? I I just want closure for Snoke. And I want Kylo Ren to have, have a satisfying... So you, you think we're, you we're going to get some more information about Snoke and his whole setup? No. No? But I want it. Oh, you want it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Which is bad. I was going to say, I don't think you're going to get that. <laughs> Those assholes. How can you have somebody that powerful and just be like yeah well you have it because uh the people heading up lucas films right now were like we got ryan johnson on this and then they read the script and were like yeah he's really doing something different with this we like this and it turns out something different is not what we needed i just oh i hate how much i liked it (laughs) i liked it so much yeah because i'm like wow they're using the force in brand new ways well, see, and they ran a they they ran a ship in light speed through another ship. Well, that was cool. That was a cool scene. It was a really really well shot action. Well, and, scene. and like, I'm cool with them having new force powers. Like it was cool what they were doing, you know, and how Luke projected himself yeah. and had like a very samurai esque fight between him and Kylo. Like, yeah. yeah, cool, awesome. But man, Luke Skywalker, we spent all this time building him up to be the most powerful badass in the universe. Then he just fizzles out and dies. <laughs> We don't see him do anything. Yeah, it's and where are the Knights of Ren? I want to see the Knights of Ren. I was I was actually hoping for some of that stuff. When where I, are they? When we saw Force Awakens. I I realized that it was just essentially a rehash of a New Hope. I realized that, but I was like, they set up some some interesting history for us to catch up with. They skipped all these years for a reason. Like, what are we gonna get? The Knights of Ren. Who is Snoke? Where did he come from? And I mean, what is the basis of this new order now? Like, what is the basis of it? Like, they aren't the Empire, but they kind of are. Um, But, I mean, now all I have to go on is uh, I have a friend who uh, rants about the movie daily, and I just listen to him (laughs) hate on the movie daily. And, uh, I mean, it's been over two years now, right? I don't know. Like, it's been been a while. Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, well movies hated 
people don't like it. People like it. Uh, it's kind of divisive. I, I still kind of like it, though. I feel like it's not as bad as some people say, as some people feel like. It's, it's like the point that I made earlier, and I think we both came to the same conclusion. Yeah. It's like, whatever shortfalls it had, it didn't matter because we were delivered such a great product. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like visually it was great. I feel like action wise, it had some great stuff. It had some really questionable writing. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Euron Chrome Dome, really? Come on, like, yeah. Ugh. And then Rose and Finn, just that should have never happened. Yeah, ever. No, that movie could have been two hours if it wasn't for them dicking around on the casino planet, freeing the yeah. pseudo horses. <laughs> The weird cat horses. <laughs> the horse-cat hybrids. <laughs> Sheesh. I don't know. Let's hope. We got another six months until it comes we out. We have another movie, and then they're going to wrap up the Star... Not Star... Uh, Skywalker timeline. Because that's what the that's what the entire trilogy has been about. The entire nine episodes will be about Skywalker. You realize we're going to have a drought of like big blockbuster stuff because we've got Spider-Man... And they don't have anything really big. It's it's going to be interesting. Cause like what's... Because think about it. When, what was it, 2008 is when Iron Man started, mm-hmm. right? And so we had that go on. That was right after the Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. happened. So you have Star Wars prequels. Then for 10 years, we had, we had Marvel. And then Star Wars gets thrown into that. So Star Wars is going to end. The new ones don't pick up until like, what, 20... 2022? I think. Yeah, no, it's it's 2022, 24, and 26 is when they plan those movies coming out, right? Yeah. Um, and who knows? That could get pushed back too. But we do have like 15 Marvel movies planned between now and but 2022. We but we don't know what they're building up towards. Because even before we knew it was building up towards they're Thanos. Gonna, they're going to bring back Fantastic Four. They're going to bring... Probably Galactus or Doctor Doom is probably going to be... Doctor Doom is going to be one of them. I'm, I can almost guarantee it. Like, Because Fantastic Four, that's like their big baddie, like, is Doctor Doom. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Because I feel like now that they have Fox, they now have X-Men. Yeah. They now have Fantastic Four. They have Ghost Rider, but I don't think that needs to be touched. That's the problem that we have is we don't know what Disney's going to do with like the kind of darker, more adult stuff because we have Deadpool. We have yeah. what's going to happen with Ghost that? Rider. They could throw in Moon Knight if they wanted to, and I don't. I forget what that group's called. It's not the Illuminati. I think it's uh, it's some other like occult group that they have, and they fight like Mephisto and Blackheart. Oh. Um, so it's like Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight. Do they also have Daredevil and Elektra back now? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. So they're probably going to rely heavy on the TV stuff because... Well, the TV stuff is all canceled. Well, they're going to do it through Marvel streaming service. Yeah, but like the Netflix shows have been canceled. Like They're going to have to reboot them, aren't they? Like oh. Unless... Why? Daredevil was so good. I liked it. I liked Jessica Jones. I was kind of iffy on Luke Cage, and I really hated Iron Fist. Oh, Iron Fist, we can forget that yeah, ever that's happened. that's the worst. Finn Jones, you bitch. But, I mean, and then I didn't watch The Punisher all the way through because I got kind of... Uh... <laughs> we've, yes, we've, we've, uh, yes, we've aired our grievances about The Punisher many times. Yeah. I, I did not like the second season. I really liked the first season. The second season was terrible. Because they used they used the same villain. Oh, did they? 
but he wasn't like <laughs> see i'm he I wasn't it, captivating at all i made it about halfway through season one of punisher and there was no main villain yet and i was like this is dumb yeah he's he's driving around and someone's like why don't you choose this car he's like i'm always i always buy american and you're like and oh. i'm like oh frank <sighs> yeah i th- i really hate it that they canceled luke cage because they nailed the atmosphere on that one like with him cleaning up harlem yeah and the harlem was his place like they all had their own like like that's where they really stood out. Like Daredevil had Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Um, Luke Cage had had, um, had, had Harlem. Harlem. And Jessica Jones was more just like this kind of separate like private eye business. But yeah. like I really loved that first season of Jessica Jones. I like, oh, yeah. I like the second season too. But that first season got that crazy like the man in purple like shit going down really nicely. Yeah. Like, and was, he killed it. Yeah, great. I, David Tennant did a great job. He he was fantastic. I didn't really like the action scenes because they had the cable TV choppiness feel to them. Oh, uh, yeah. Where it was just like, no. I think nothing will beat that first hallway scene, though, in Daredevil. Oh, nothing. First season no. hallway scene, none of them have reached that level before. I mean, then you have Daredevil season two, and you have the Punisher in the prison. That's a pretty close second. And and they have the one where Daredevil fights from the top of the apartment building yeah. down to the very bottom with a gun duct taped to his hand. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And then in season three, he gets out of a prison again. Oh yeah, he fights out of another. Uh, well, it's not the Punisher; it's Daredevil that fights out of a prison. But they killed it because they had Kingpin and uh, De- uh, Bullseye. Oh, okay. And you had a lot of cool stuff going on with like Daredevil fighting Bullseye. Kingpin was pulling. I need to go watch that third season of Daredevil. I'd highly recommend it. I, I was watching all the way through chronologically. I was like, okay, Punisher season's out. I've got to watch this. And I, I, I screeched to a halt in the middle of Punisher season one. Well, Luke Cage had a lot of potential, but their problem was, so the first six episodes of season one, it's about cotton mouth. Yeah. And then he just dies. He just dies, and he was super badass. And then the next you have wasn't you have like an Oscar, you have a two time like Oscar winner, mm-hmm. and he did them in like very recent time periods, yeah, like almost back to back. Yeah, you have that caliber of talent on your show, and you're like six episodes. That's it. We're just gonna kill him off. Let's let's kill him. Like, and then the second guy they brought was just ridiculous, awful, mm-hmm. terrible, and then. The third season, um, the the new guy, the Jamaican guy, was eh, he was pretty cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mariah Stokes. That's how he talked the whole time. It was kind of interesting, but the fight scenes were great. I liked it. I really liked the second season a lot. They just struggled a lot with continuity, mm-hmm. a lot. And let's just forget Iron Fist. Even I remember people on the <laughs> internet were like, "Let's give Finn a chance." Let's give him a chance. I couldn't. That's the the only it series was, I have not finished. It is, was almost good enough to watch just to laugh at it. It was so bad. I couldn't finish uh, season two. I made it one ep. I made it through like half of one episode. I'm like, I don't care what happens here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch this. Even um, what was it where they combined them all together? Um, Defenders. The Defenders undershot its potential by a mile. It definitely did. I I was excited for that. Even like despite Iron Iron Fist being a shitstorm of a bad <laughs> show, um Defenders, I was like I'm I'm ready for this to get, I'm ready to give it a chance. 
And I will say Iron Fist seems to fight a little bit better Yeah, in those because they probably had a better director and choreographer. But the Iron Fist show, like the season of Iron Fist, was like watching junior high kids go through choreography. <laughs> it was so bad. It was like, did you guys not train at all for this? Did you not even try? Did you not practice? And Finn Jones is... Not a good actor. He's, he's not. He's just like, he's not. They're like, he was on Game of Thrones. Let's give him a chance. It's like, he didn't have to act at Game of Thrones. They're like, be gay. <laughs> be closeted homosexual. That's just all he had to do. Stand around and look pretty is what he did most of the time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and even then, it, it is something to show like that with a good director, Maybe he could have given a better performance. Yeah, but we we see him in the spotlight in that in that show, and he can't pull it off. He's just weirdly angry all the time. He's just like fucking mad. At His shit. dialogue has no feeling, no emotion, no depth. Like they show him meeting up with with Luke Cage, and Luke Cage, dude, he killed it. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Mike Coulter, I think yeah. is his name. Killed it. Absolutely murdered that role. Yeah, and then he's like. Hey, Danny, what are we doing? And he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to listen to some Wu-Tang Clan first, and then we're going to go fight some people. How does that sound? You're like, this is cringe. Like, yeah. bad. I think I saw a YouTube clip of that scene because, like, people hated it so much. <laughs> but, I, like I said, I, I didn't watch the second season. I just, I've watched first and second of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I watched Defenders. I watched the first season of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And then Punisher got halfway through, and that's where I stopped. I just, I couldn't bring myself to go through those. And I honestly see why they, I can see them being canceled for a lot of reasons, but I think it's because Disney pulled it. They were like, we don't want you guys having this anymore. I'm just so worried about what they're going to do with Deadpool. I really want them to actually go, I mean, so Deadpool, I hope they let uh, Ryan Reynolds kind of just go with it again and yeah. like, get some people together to make a third one. Because the reason that was so successful is because Ryan Reynolds went loose. Yeah. Was he the one that leaked the the t- the tester footage? Who was the one that leaked yeah, it? Yeah, I think it might have been him. It might not. It might, I or think he helped get it leaked. They they aired it at Comic-Con yeah. for the first point. And I think that led to them going, okay, like we really should try to do this. Yeah, because it was it was like they had killed it. Yeah. And then they leaked the tester footage and they're like, wait, a Deadpool movie? A Deadpool movie. I remember watching it. I, I was at a state fair actually and I had a Deadpool shirt on and this dude walked over with a beer in his hand and I was like, is this dude like shit faced right now? He starts going like, hey, well, just get on YouTube. It's a Deadpool movie. It's like... Uh, okay. Or okay, really? <laughs> He's like, oh, no, pull it up, pull it up. So I did. I typed in Deadpool movie and then I pulled up the tester footage and like, oh, this looks cool. <laughs> this looks good. And like the fact that they were so, they didn't want to give it funding. Mm-hmm. They were like, nah, no. You could yeah, tell that movie was uh, underfunded. A rated, R, a rated R superhero film? Who wants to watch that? And then it just killed it. Yeah. Did Just so well. Did so well. And the second one did well, too. Yeah. Like, the formula is there. If it's there, not broken... There was some issues I had with the second one. I felt like it had too many, like... Too too much, like, forced humor for some of the stuff going on. But it still worked. It worked really well. Oh, yeah, well. I agree. They, they definitely but, pushed it a lot, but... But 
it's it was a Deadpool movie and it was faithful to like what the tone was supposed to be, like this silly over the top like funny action stuff. That's the beautiful thing behind it because the bar is not extremely high. Yeah. Make some jokes, have some cool action scenes, boom, you're in because if you really want to be critical about that movie, there's a lot of shit that's wrong with yeah. it. But it's all about Deadpool being obnoxious and yeah. it works. Disney like if they're if if money is really the big picture here, that's they need to not mess with that. What I could see them doing is leaving it out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just saying that Fox is doing it because they own Fox now. Yeah. It's not going to have the Disney logo in front of it. What they would do is they'd say Fox is doing this movie. And they can maybe do that again. Because, I mean, Disney owns some companies that still put out rated R films. Like, yeah. they just don't associate themselves, the Disney brand, with those companies. Right. So. That that would help. I think that would be the best way to do it. But all of this spawned from Thrones talk. And uh, I hope we can survive. Hopefully. <sighs> I hope we can survive. Because <laughs> we're going to have this huge void. Are you watching any shows right now? Uh, I'm getting caught up on Naruto. Um, the problem is, is not having the convenience of just flipping it on Hulu. I have yeah, to go through other means. Those episodes that are on there. I should have just watched the sub. Yeah. Should have watched the sub. It's better. <laughs> um, I got caught up on attack on Titan right now. That's going to be my week to week show. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of it right now. Cool. I can't, I can't really bring myself to it, but yeah, you should watch Chernobyl. On HBO. Okay. It's third episode released tonight. I was actually watching it before uh, you, you showed up. So uh, I was I was about 10 minutes into the, the third episode. But really good so far. Kind of like a docudrama of uh, Chernobyl. Yeah. And it's pretty pretty dreadful. I, I like how sad it gets. Pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> bad. Um, another show you should watch. And uh, I think I've said this to you before, but I don't know if I if I if I laid enough into it. Probably one of my favorite shows of all time now is Patriot on Amazon Prime. Really, it is incredible. I've seen it. I've scrolled through a couple times and it's, saw it. It's kind of it's interesting. So it's a comedy slash drama, more drama than comedy, I'd say, but it's still very funny about a guy who is. He's like a, I think he's like a CIA agent in a way, but like he's, he's an agent for the government and he's been given a job and it just kind of keeps a rabbit holing into like, he has to keep doing more and more stuff and it just keeps spiraling. And it's like this movie where like Jason Bourne is a more realistic, sad person, <laughs> sad boy hours. So, but it's, it's hilarious at times and it is great and they have two seasons out you're like the first person i've heard mention the show i've just i've scrolled past it and it's 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 so good i'll put it up there then i yeah. will add it to the front of my watch list have you seen 10 star no i haven't so that's the one with i almost said uh david lee roth <laughs> he was the guy from van halen um oh. it was the guy from no tim lee roth that's his name He's the one who was in... Oh, Tim Roth, yeah. Yeah, Tim Roth. Yeah, I don't think there's a Lee there. I don't know if there is a Lee, but Tim Roth. He's, yeah, Tim Roth. He's uh, He's been in some, uh, like... The Tarantino Tarantino films, yeah. Yeah, so it he's the main character. 
He's a sheriff on... in Canada. It's an Amazon. It's an Amazon show. Okay. They just released the second season. I liked the first season. I'll probably watch it. Um, I really wish Amazon would get their shit together with advertising their shows well because yeah, Patriot was the second season was released in like November last year to like almost no marketing. Well, they put they put all of their eggs in the uh, selling spatulas on their website. Selling spatulas. <laughs> Now the uh, what's the one guy's name? Um, uh, the uh, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, what, what was that one? Uh, uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, and then Grand Tour. Grand Tour is the other one. Yeah, and also Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh yeah, That's another one. But yeah, it's like they put all their marketing into like a few shows, but they're releasing some content, and yeah. it's some of it's been really good, and I would put Patriot up there, like really high up there yeah. for me, and it's. It's, it deserves a watch. I will look into it. I It also helps out that they have that agreement with HBO where a lot of their old stuff is on there. Oh, yeah, it's true. So all the good stuff. Maybe I'll go and watch Deadwood, maybe. Yeah. Actually, I'll, that's another one I need to watch, too. I want to watch Eastbound and Down just because of when Arya was like, what's west of Westeros? And all I could think of was Eastbound and Down. <laughs> What's west of Westeros? Westworld crossover right now. <laughs> they pop up as ro- they find out that they're all robots. Yeah, Bran is an AI. <laughs> Gone wrong. <laughs> it's gonna show like, oh, uh, what's his? Uh, who's the guy? Bernard. Bernard's gonna be like, Ugh. <laughs> what? Well, I we have done a six. I think this is quite a successful Game of Thrones recap. Nice. For all those who are watching, don't go sign that petition. Don't waste your time. It's it had its time. Leave it as is. Yeah, there's no reason to go and do it. Wait, wait twenty years for someone else to remake Game of Thrones when the books are done. Get excited, for, yeah. Get excited for the books, and then if they need to build on those, then they go off of that route. And if George R. R. Martin dies before he finishes his books. Don't worry, someone else will finish it for him. Now, now, just just a random thing here, because it was one of it was just a funny thought that I had. You know, like Disney outside of Marvel and Star Wars, they don't like make anything no, original now. They don't nothing. <laughs> All they do is reboot stuff. They're just redoing everything. When do you think they'll reboot the Avengers? <laughs> and who do you think they'll cast? Oh man, let's see here. So they're redoing Lion King right now. That was what year? 1990. Aladdin is coming out this oh, yeah. week. That was 1992, wasn't it? They're having two reboots this year. Yeah. They are hungry. Hungry for reboots. Um, so yeah, the Aladdin was what, 92? So yeah. that was uh, third, no, not, not even 30, 27 years ago. Yeah. So Avengers 1 came out 2012. <sighs> So 27 years from then, I'll say. So we'll see it in 2040. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get a whole new batch of Avengers. Who are we going to have? <laughs> oh, I can't I can't even think about like the people that they would put as like who's the best child actor right now who can play Robert Downey Jr. in 40 years. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Child actor Danny DeVito. Young Sheldon. <laughs> uh, what? Well, I, I think this is a good spot to. I didn't even realize how late it was. It wow. went a while. Wow, we recorded over two days technically. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Excellent. Well, House, it's been great having you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Uh, hang in there. Let's all support each other in the search of better, great quality content now that now the throne is gone. Yeah. The Iron Throne is no more. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, all that other stuff. Okay, bye. Bye.